and welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft, who has decided to return this week. Actually, uh, he wanted I to be was, he wanted to be here last week. He just kind of got got the message late, and I was getting back from CES. And what can I say? Good trip in Vegas. Good trip in Vegas. All right, good. There are very there are very few bad trips in Vegas. Yeah, have so. you seen The Hangover? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I haven't. I've been wanting to see that for some time. <laughs> Would you consider that a good trip to Vegas? Huh, it depends on your point of view. Uh, okay. Well, I, I still I still had my shirt, and I didn't sell the, I didn't give away the house on the casino floor, so that was a good trip then. Good we had somebody hurt. in our in our uStream saying wrong. Wrong to, I don't know what, though. Uh, exactly. I don't know if he's wronging Zimmer or wronging... The Aqueduct is only on the Dream, yes. If that's what we're talking about. Water coaster. There's a little tiny water slide on the Wonder. It's in the kids' pool. The Aqueduct's on the Dream. Oh, going to Las Vegas, wrong. No. Oh. No, no. He, I don't know what he's talking Go to uh, Las Vegas, I, hate it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's what he's talking so, about. Where, whoever pod. Marin Pod is. That's is pod. that is that our regular pod? pod? Yes, that's Pod. Okay. He hates Vegas, huh? There must yes. be something wrong with the individual. I knew he was always a little off, but yeah. <sighs> Well, I had a good time there. Uh CES was fun. Got to meet uh, one of our regular listeners there. Uh see some of the products that they that his company's developing in pretty wild stuff too. Really neat things. Uh, Did you buy anything? No, um, not on this trip. I was actually looking forward to uh, getting a new Bluetooth. I saw one last year. I have not found it anywhere else. Um, so I was going to go back to the uh, vendor. Couldn't find the vendor. They were nowhere to be seen. Uh, so, but I did find another vendor for something that company is going to be buying so i guess i get to buy it that way okay but anyways lots of neat toys um this year i know everybody in the news media has kept saying this was the year of the pad uh absolutely just about every display had either an ipad or some uh android tablet sitting on there and there were all the different little accessories going in there so even uh bigger than 3d television I'm not sure I'm in a pad yet. Oh, next gen's here. <laughs> I wouldn't mind uh, doing the iPad thing if I get a job someday. Leo Laporte made it sound like if you didn't have 3D glasses on while you were walking around, you couldn't read half the displays because there was so much 3D there. He did mention the the pads and how some of them were horrible and probably won't last long. But you know, there's a high um, the target has been you know raised pretty high or the the bar has been raised pretty high by uh the ipad but there was one other one i can't remember which one he thought was pretty good would it be yeah, the motor the motorola uh uh zoom is that what this motorola product zoom i don't know there was one he, i almost want to say it was either motorola or blackberry that had something that he thought was um could be pretty bad may not may who knows because it, it may not make the development bad as in just a horrible device. Okay, not bad as in the opposite of bad. No. All right. 
I, I didn't so. see that much. I mean, there was the tr- traditional 3D that was out there. I mean, same people that talked about 3D. But remember when we went to NAB, there was a lot of people that were pushing a lot of different 3D products. It seemed to be a little bit less this year. Yeah, there were glasses everywhere. Even Oakley was out there talking about their premium 3D glasses uh, for your television sets. Um, but that didn't seem to be the big push as much as the pad was. There were a couple really neat things. Uh, Fujifilm uh, had, or Fuji, I should say, just the camera. They had a really nice uh, 3D camera that had a 3D display on the back that you don't need glasses. You'll see the 3D picture. It was about a, I'd say about a three-inch uh, panel on the back of the camera that was 3D. Very, very cool. Uh, made me tempted to say I got to get one of those right now. Um, uh, do you remember, okay, D23, they had a 3D setup, 3D television setup? Yeah, the, the Tron setup. We need a glass for that, right? Right. All right, because I remember it looked really good. I don't remember Tron being on. It wasn't it, Tron. Were... It was it was there was cameras aimed at you. You were looking at uh, at something pointed there in the in the convention space they, that you saw on three D. Right. They, they, had, they, had, they, had, they had the three D camera there, and then they had a three D camera pointed at the audience walking around. Yes, but we had to and put on also, glasses, right? Yeah, and they also had a three D trailers, and one of them, the one I saw when I was there, was Tron. No, I never saw mm. that. All right. Uh, speaking of Tron, you know, last week we were live California Adventure, which went uh, pretty well considering we we're streaming from an AT&T telephone on a little computer that was not only streaming but recording it at the same time. And Greg's little H4 and microphones um, worked out pretty good. And... So we, while we were recording, the first go-round of World of Color went off, and we got to have that for background music. And then we wrapped up and went, and we were able to walk right up to, what time was that show, Greg? Nine? Was it nine fifteen? Nine, 9.30, I don't know, somewhere around there. But it was the second show, and it was walk-inable. There was yeah, no wait. The blue, the coveted blue section, you could have walked, you could have walked down, actually, but it was a Sunday night, right? Sunday night, school the next day. It was cold. That probably had something to do with it. It wasn't especially warm like it was this weekend. But yeah, you can take aside from the down in front where the brackish water would spray on you, right? <laughs> uh, Is it still brackish out there? I don't. I haven't seen it in the daytime in a, in a month or two. But <laughs> uh, um, yeah, there's the top level and the, the next level down. Take your pick. You could have walked right up to it at, for that last show and and watched it from the top. I mean, from the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And then we saw the Tron tag. The little tag at the end. Yeah, it was actually one of the better parts of the whole thing, and I still think it's probably the be- the best of their their live event type shows in any park right now that I've seen. I haven't seen the overseas parks for those overseas, uh, you know, apologists or not. Well, you know, not apologists, but for those overseas uh, people who think that's the best way to go now, I uh, haven't seen those, but I think this has got to beat every outdoor one I've seen at any park in the U S you know, it, it, for both Greg and I it was our second, only our second time seeing it since the cast previews. 
Yeah, other than walking by and glancing over, you know, something like that. Make an effort, yeah, to stop and watch. And uh, I, gained a, I gained a better appreciation for the old mill sequence. And I gained a better appreciation for the friend like me sequence. And then, yeah, the, the Tron tag where they project onto Screamin' was a was nice a little, you know, surprise or addition. Okay, so I guess I'm the only one that thought so. Richard, no, I, no, no, I thought that was excellent. I was looking at something. Uh, are you reading uh, the chat window here? Pete, or what? Pete was saying about the new Fantasmic in um, Disney Seas. I, uh, unless they do something really spectacular and different, you, I don't see you can't how it's compare, going to change. All. You can't compare Fantasmic to World of Color. Because the dragon coming out of the water. See, to me, that wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's still the same story. So you're yes. dealing with the same story. So what the water? If the wa- if the dragon can work uh, and it will come out of the water, fine. Um, Not, they use some of the same elements to to you know some projection, mist screens, fountains. Uh, there's the, there's no pyro in World of Color other than gas that's ignited. But it's not it's not the same. Yeah, well, Laughing Place saying it's similar world of color. Well, the Laughing Place has their head up their ass because Fantasmic has a story. It has a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And world of color is an experience. World of color is shoot. If if I want to if I want to get on put on my cynical hat, it's a freaking commercial for Disney films. Well, the one yeah, big I difference. still think. Go ahead, Richard. I was gonna say the one really big difference between the two of the shows Fantasmic and World of Color is Fantasmic has a lot of uh, uh, physical sets uh, and has a lot of performers actors, that are actually yeah, yeah. on Pods the show. Of actors, yeah. um, World of Color is completely uh, automated. It's all projection. Uh, oh, it's all water and everything else. Uh, you, you lose a couple of performers in Fantasmic you're missing big chunks of the Fantasmic show. Yeah, they don't World just... World of Color, they just you send, can... Go ahead. I was say, they just yeah. don't send that float, right? Yeah, they just don't <laughs> send that float through. Um, and and there's a lot of rehearsal time, quite honestly, with uh, Fantasmic. And if they make the slightest bit of change, you're going back to a lot of rehearsal time. World of Color, uh, it's all computer-generated... Uh, I don't want to say it's all computer generated. It's projected out there. But I mean, it's a computer that controls the show. And if you want to make an adjustment, you can adjust that in a studio in the back and then reset that program into the fountains, into the projectors, and you're set with a whole new show. Like the addition of the Tron, it's just the hardest thing on that is just making sure that your projectors are aligned properly. Yeah. I was going to make that point as well. Look how fast they added that Tron tag. Yeah, yeah, I heard they were going to put it in. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been in the parks. I, I still wonder if that, you know, they knew Tron, we knew Tron was coming if it was just ready and waiting for the uh, the release of the film. But it was good. I still think when you look at the whole world of color, Pirates is a cheap thrill yeah. that doesn't belong in the, the feature. I understand, or, or the... Uh, the show. I understand using Tron. They're promoting the movie, blah, blah, blah. But um, Pirates oh. just didn't seem to belong to me. It's it's a big animated thing, and then here's Pirates. I, I agree. It does look out of place, but uh, hey, we got Pirates 4 coming out here in a couple more, more months. Well, I know. I know. I, it, just, it still has a <laughs> following, but you know, it would have been better it, if they would have waited and made a little tag for it. 
And in Mike's uh, cynical hat, yeah, it's a big advertisement. And yes, uh, Zimmer Rocks is saying the Pirates looks like a trailer from them. It is the pirate trailer from the film with uh, Johnny Depp. Ah, uh, uh, no, wait a second. It's it's, not, it's, uh, it's no, not the what's the from this new film? Davy Jones makes an appearance. No, no, no not, not from the new film. I'm saying it's the this part that's in, uh, uh, who's it, in uh, World of Color looks like part of the trailer for the film and i agree it looks exactly like the trailer from the film i, I don't think so uh, mm. you don't think so mm. no not, not even i don't think it's even close and uh, i think when they were putting this film to or when they were putting the show together they didn't even have those uh <laughs> available to them yet but uh, sorry brian we're not starting over i to me it's not no, much i'm not talking more. about the new movie i'm talking about pirates one and two Oh, we we were talking about the fourth movie, and you said it looked like the trailer. So I just no, thought it was. I'm making the comment that Zimmerox mentions is the pirate segment in World of Color looks like one of the movie trailers, and I agree. I think it's one part of part of the movie trailer from Pirates One. Oh, okay. That is what was thrown into a World of Color. It wasn't even thing fancy or anything like that. Oh yeah, I don't think they're creating anything new. Uh, no, no, that's uh, what we're talking about now. All right. Well, that's not the way it was worded, so that's where I was going. I'm, I want to go back to Zimmer Rocks talking about how Fantasmic in Disney Seas will have to be 360. Uh, if uh, Fantasmic is anything like the Fantasmic either one of the parks have domestically, they have to be able to stage craft somewhere. I don't see how you could do a 360 show. Yeah, that's uh, unless, yeah. Ahead, Unless sorry. it's going to go to be more like World of Color, where it's got less physical things. Unless they come out of some center island, they can all, you know, I'm not sure how that um, um, big that water area is, or if they built up, you know, the island or something in the middle where they could have all the little boats come out of there. But then again, think of all those actors we were discussing, you have to stuff in there. Now, I realize the, the average, I'm going to make a broad stroke uh, judgment here, the average... Um, Japanese individual is a slight bit smaller than the average American actor, uh, but that still doesn't mean you want to make a clown car and stuff them all inside. No, okay. the, um, you know. But a lot of the perform, a lot of the face characters out there are uh, American actors. Well, totally, you, you, well, they should be. In fact, what I was told back when I was working at the park that any face character that is a white, you know, uh, European character from the Disney, um, you know, mainly white European stories are white. They don't have any Japanese girl playing Snow White, for example. Yeah. And she also always goes – now, I've been trying to confirm this with some people who have been there recently. No one's given me any um, any uh, answer back when, when I was at the park because one of our security brethren, his daughter, was a face character. She went and worked for a year in Japan. The women never go, without, go out without their consort. So Prince Charming was always there for Snow White. Uh, you know, Pete, or not Pete, um, uh, Bart would always be there with uh, Mary Poppins, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So. Okay. Now, Zimmer, Bert? sorry, Bert, thank you. Uh, Zimmer is saying the characters in the show will be different. Well, okay. But hang on so, a second. I don't know. Uh, let's, let's think about this for a second. Yeah, you do that. You know, a show can't be 360 because how many how many times 
you know, if there's a set piece like a dragon rising out of the water, only one third of the people watching it would see it. It would have to like be on a barge that comes out and circles the island that's the, that the audience is sitting on before it disappears again, right? Well, well, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the what we've done at Disneyland as far as the shows. Fantasmic, uh, you have the stage, you have the river. Uh, but you do have, when they uh, did an upgrade on it about 10 years ago or more, uh, they added additional tracks to where the sound is a little bit more 360 and back of you going around the back there. Not a big big improvement, but hey, it was something. Uh, World of Color, uh, you have the additional fountains that are in the flower beds that pop up during uh, certain parts near the end of the uh show it could be that they're referring to 360 that there's just going to be certain elements that are going to be popping up around you know from beds from flower beds or from uh buildings around the back of the audience and you still have quote unquote a stage that you're looking at but you just have certain elements that are coming from behind you well okay sort of like remember I try to forget that. Yes, kind of like remember, where, where you had where where when you were standing when you were standing in the hub, you had fireworks all around you for certain segments. For certain segments. Yeah, uh, I, I you know without knowing, I mean, I've seen the lake. Um, I'd have to look at the map again. It seems like there's a backdrop there somewhere, uh, but. It, you know, it'd almost be like saying, you know, let's put Fantasmic in the middle of, of Epcot. So you've got roughly a 360-degree viewing area. How would you work that? Well, you'd almost have to have a big mountain in the middle or something the way um, the current currently how we know Fantasmic. You know, unless they do something totally different and go very organic with very few physical characters and do everything by water curtains and, and things of that nature, which, you know, could be done. But who knows? Yeah, I get. We'll have to wait and see some more on that one. I just when you know he was speaking very authoritatively, like he had all the information. So, uh, and, and in some ways, I'm just kind of making him back it up. But I think it's all coming from online sources, and I don't think there's enough to be known yet. Yeah, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see how they do it. I mean, oh here, here he he just pasted something. The show features fantastic scenes from many familiar Disney films, such as Aladdin, Cinderella, Finding Nemo, as well as a thrilling sequence of Mickey finding a gigantic dragon. Cut off. So we're we're assuming it's the dragon. dragon. Oh, there he had a dragon at the very end. So, uh, so I guess he's getting this from the D twenty three website, which I Uh, lost interest in a long time ago. But I don't go there. Why why is that? Why? I kind of lost interest in the whole D23 thing after I didn't renew my membership because of funds. But it just, you know, D23 did not become a community like they were touting. I think so, yeah. No, it became a thing to sell more different types of merchandise with a little bit of exclusivity. Um, And it's not really, you know, it's a place where they can, oh, let's go tour the studio and you guys have to pay 150 bucks. Let's wait. Go those, those, I thought those tours were free. No, did, no, no, guess, no, no, no. Guess you didn't see the post from our friend down in San Diego, who after you know it sold out in ten minutes. Literally, he his name went on a waiting list. He had the fax, which he thought was kind of odd. Had the fax his um, visa number to D twenty three. He got in on the waiting list and didn't end up having to go out of town, so he didn't get to go. And he lost his hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. 
Ooh. 150 bucks. Wow. What that tells you is get to know somebody up there. It's far cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. All right. You want to compare D23? You know, who's who's actually, I think, doing a better job is uh, the Disney Parks blog, specifically the the people that... Oh, I, uh, I agree with you, especially that one hot yeah. brunette. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they do... You know, they make, if you follow them on Twitter, right? So they make they make tweets and whatnot, and they'll say, okay, you know, the first 150 people that t- tweet back to this get to go to a free event at Disneyland, how I got to see Electronica, right? That was free. didn't cost me a d- dime. And I got some, you know, decent stuff out of it. That is what D23 should have been. I totally agree, because they kept saying they were going to build an online community. They built uh, kind of an online I can afford this, you can't kind of a thing. And in, in a lot of ways, the D23 magazine is what the old Disney News magazine used to be before they commercialized it uh, under Eisner. Um, a little bigger, granted, but it's got all the behind-the-scenes things that you used to only get through the Magic Kingdom Club, which was free. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's Jen, Jen here says she got a ticket for a February 5th, 10 a.m. tour, and it cost her $50. Good for her. That's still, great. still shouldn't cost money though. I got the impression they were free. Uh, you were impressed wrong. Nah. <laughs> not paying that much attention, I guess. <laughs> Most, mostly, mostly, yeah. Well, it's fifty dollars is great because we, yeah, we had somebody post in one of our threads. It cost them one hundred fifty dollars. <sighs> Bad news, yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah, because you know, having gone there, I see. I don't know. See, I, I, I posted something in our one of our threads today. I noticed that not very many people do post on the DPN anymore. But I was in one of our threads, and somebody posted something about I think one you called social network, and I I didn't realize that I had already responded to uh, Tigger RPH's um, post, but I had posted something again saying you know you need to get out there. There are more things in Disney, and you're you know. In, someone's life because he was he was saying that because all his vacations are to disney i'm thinking you know there are other places in the world that'd be great to see and and, and enrich your your life and you know your hey, object uh, you know your I'm objectiveness to, to the world and all that you know good for you it's a great place to to go. In, the, in the snow i want to see yeah. it in the snow with the waterfalls oh that's awesome actually so the um and, and i and i posted something like that and, and then they say that our view is skewed because we're local and i i can kind of see that in a way but as a child when yes it was local but the parents didn't take me every time i wanted to and we didn't have annual passes in those days and we went to other places i never felt ripped off so i would think as an adult that some of these people out there might have a little wider view on life (laughs) than simply going to disney Every time they can take a vacation. Let's say people, you know, the average person gets one, maybe two weeks a year vacation. And every time they go to Disney, I think that's kind of pathetic, you know. And you'll love uh, Yosemite in the the winter. I went up there in in April once uh, for a a CAD training. I love, nobody believes me. I go to CAD training and, and, and Yosemite, but it was great. And we never will. And I woke up in the morning, and my new car was covered with snow, and I took a short little trot up because we were right at the base of Yosemite Falls. And um, Oh, yeah, you were at the, awesome. the Yosemite Lodge there, the yes, Falls Lodge? That's yeah. where uh, we're going to be staying in April. I'll tell you this. 
Um, don't expect much. I mean, it's, uh, the rooms are a place to lay your head down. No more, no less. You'll be lucky you're, if your kids um, – I know what you want your kids to do, but if they're like most kids, they want to watch some TV, there won't be much to watch at night when they come in for the night. That's <laughs> take, fine. Take a DVD player with you or something if you need the entertainment night. Um, but, yeah, the, the little places to eat aren't anything great, but the Yosemite in the winter is just awesome. Well, that, that that was one of the reasons we we went ahead and ch- chose that place. We went there a couple of years ago. We were t- we were actually stayed outside the park, and went to the uh, oh Awani Lodge. That is that the right one, the Awani Hotel. Uh, Awani, the Awani Lodge. It, yes. Yeah. Um, that's the high end place. That's to the high end place, and that that as beautiful as it looked, it just seemed almost too much money and. Anyways, so Des- describe it, describe it, Richard. You've been there, right? You've you've cruised through it, or we 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 were went wandering through it. Uh, very no, no. hard. Describe what? the exterior for me. Uh, uh, you'd be better than me on the, that one. The wilderness, no, 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 the wilderness no, 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 lodge. No, I, I, no, I no, I really, I really do want to hear what your impression of it is. I'm I'm absolutely serious, and then we'll go get back to the interior. Okay, the exterior, wilderness um, lodge. Lot- Shut uh, up. Uh, Sorry. Let him speak. Jeez. <laughs> I have Tourette's. I just shout out whatever I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Richard. Sorry. Um, lots of stone, lots of uh, uh, wood. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you would describe it. No, no, that. no. That, that's fine, Richard. And what, what I wanted to point out was something that uh, I'm not picking on you here. This, this is a mistake. 99.9% of the people make at the Awani Lodge. I, I got lucky. So, well, see, did I stay there? No. I went up to a guy's wedding not too long after the flood because uh, he was worried if, whether or not the church was still underwater or it was still damaged. Uh, we all stayed at the same lodge that I stayed at with the cat train, but his, the wedding reception was at the Awani. Uh, and when I went for cat train, we did have our meetings in the Awani the first time. It looks like wood. It's 100% concrete. Oh, yeah? Timbercrete, is it? And and no one notices this. Is it stained or something? Is it it, painted? The the point is to make it look like it's a wilderness, you know, out in the wilderness is that type of lodge. But it's in a freaking fire zone. You know, it's right in in the valley where they do have fires. So it was built to try to withstand that. Now, the entry, you know, that... that, um, how would you call it? The, not the foyer, but the the covered area out yeah, front. Yeah, very long. Port that's Cochere, that, whatever. That's, that's yeah. wood. But the building itself is all concrete on the outside. Uh, um, interesting. The inside, you know, this is, a, believe it or not, you go camping. Oh, if you'd like to eat in this restaurant in the Awani, please bring a jacket and tie. Yeah, that was that was. I don't remember if the tie's necessary, but you do have to have a jacket. Oh. And we found out that the hard way because there's always somebody in your group who doesn't listen, right? Always. <laughs> uh, the tie. The tie is required. Is the tie is required for dinner, not for lunch, but it is required for dinner there. Okay, because I know we had to have jackets. I couldn't re- couldn't remember about the tie, uh, but it's um, it's great. Now somebody asked me if I've been to Twain Hardy. I don't. I don't know what that is. That Zimmer Rock says. Have you been to Twain Hardy? Maybe it's Twain Hart. I, I don't. By the spelling, I'm not sure. Um, 
But the Iwani is great. I mean, just to sit around it, huge fireplaces. Oh, uh, the fireplace you can stand up in. I felt like I was in Citizen Kane. Easily, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's very, very impressive. It's not a lar- real large place, but it's just an awesome, uh, yeah. awesome place. A E W A A N E E, I think, or A W A H N E. That's cool. that's the way to spell Awani right there. And you know, I something we never saw because we went up there as kids. We even camped up there. Uh, what? Aussie Jaw checked in, and right away Brian asked him, "Hey, have you heard of the Wiggles?" Oh. <laughs> Because, you know, the Wiggles are from hey, Australia. Right? Yeah, by, dude, by the way. They've had floods and fires down yeah, there. I was, I was going to ask, uh, since we have Aussie John on, on with us right now, how things are going down in his part of the uh, woods. I was talking to some folks from uh, uh, Australia, and they said, yeah, Sydney and everything is way south of where all the trouble is. But still, you, got, you must be getting something down that direction. So just kind of curious it's, how everything is. He's posted some of it on his website. Uh, now, back the, we went as kids. So what you know, I'm talking about, I went, went in the 60s to um, Yosemite. We camped and, and things of that nature. Some of those campgrounds are gone. After the big flood in was it the 80s, early 90s, they just didn't bring some of those back because ultimately a lot of the do-gooder tree huggers would like to see no cars coming into the, the valley. So uh, they've been fighting that for a long time. But regardless, uh, they used to have this thing, and you could see it from the Awani, where they pushed this big, huge fireball like over the fall. I think it was over the falls down a there. Fireball? Yeah, literally. They, I, I forgot how. It's called Fire Falls. Yeah. There you, you go. You can, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can look it up on the uh, National Park website because they still do it annually. It's called Fire oh, Falls. Actually, Richard, that's where I think you. I, when I was up there, they said they had discontinued it a while ago. Oh, did they discontinue it? Oh, because they were they were making a big deal about with the photos and everything. Yeah, well, yeah, I know the fire, the photos were all over, but I believe it was ended quite some time ago. But look it up if you want to look it up. If I'm wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was ended because of environmental reasons. But anyways, anybody who hasn't been to Yosemite or any anything really outside of Disney, for those who never go anywhere else, uh, there are other places. Believe it or not. <laughs> Like I don't know. Justice. I don't know why it just frustrates me that you know there are uh, there's, you know, and uh, some people's, you know, even care. You know, for a while we were going to Disney once a year. And she goes, "Can we go somewhere else?" I'm like, "Yeah," because as long as I can still go to Mouse Fest, I really don't care if we go. Uh, you're you're else. absolutely <laughs> correct, Greg. You're you're absolutely correct. They discontinued that in '68, but man, they got okay. Some great so even in '68, I probably even if we were there in '68 or '60. I'm not sure if we were there in 68 or 69. Most of it I remember by pictures. I have other, I have slight little memories and, you know, stories that have been told forever uh, by the old lady. Uh, but, um, and we, you know, eight millimeter film, though, so I love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it sounds like it'd be something pretty darn cool to see. Uh, but, but regardless, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like I can't believe. That people really take every single freaking vacation there. I, you don't know how happy I am that we finally got to go to D.C. We went to Gettysburg. We went to, uh, you know, Concord and Lexington because those things aren't in my backyard. Uh, now, I've been going to some things in my backyard to do these little things. Okay. Nice. All right. So time for a little bit of a pause. Pop this. All right. Oh, so, so we were out along. Oh yeah, I said I'm. I'm happy that I, I got to D.C., got to Gettysburg, Lexington, Concord, uh, 
all things of that nature. And I was saying, you know, and, and those aren't in my backyard, obviously, but I have things in my backyard that I hadn't gone to, like the Bowers Museum, Santa Ana Zoo. Um, I just recently did a piece I'm working on right now at the Fender Center Museum in, in Corona. Uh, I bet that's right in your backyard, Mike. Yes. Have you been there? I watched it get built, but I have not been inside. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, now, at the Bowers, did you know? And this, you know, this is a nice little museum in Orange County. They were the first museum in the country to have the Terracotta Warriors and the Dead Sea Scrolls. So it all started with that really? little museum right here in your backyard in Orange County, California. Yeah. Oh, speaking uh, of which, ha- right have, you, have you seen uh, have you seen the show uh, Storage Wars? No. Okay. So it's about these group Watched of, it a couple times, these group of, of guys that bid on storage units that have been you know foreclosed on, essentially, right? They don't pay, uh-huh. so they forfeit the goods. Then no, they, but I did see one of those show up in one of those dead um, uh, cold case files the other day, though. <laughs> well, okay. So four main dudes that they're following. Well, one dude bid on a storage locker, right? They open up, they get five minutes to look inside. They actually don't get to open anything. They just get to see what they could see without actually walking in, right? Then they bid on it. This guy digs through it and finds six shrunken heads inside a cooler. Cool. One of them was Jimmy Hoffa. No, and he takes yeah. it to the Bowers Museum. They show him walking to the Bowers Museum with this freaking ratty-ass cooler to show some curator there because the Bowers Museum has shrunken heads in their collection. Well, yeah, they they used... They, they had a, an exhibit called uh, The Weird... Weird and Wonderful, I think. That exhibit just ended, and they put in the Franklin exhibit. But they had a, shr- a shrunken head Bless there. You. And for the yep. first time, I actually saw an explanation on how the shrunken head works. Because, you know, you, you always hear about this, even at Disney, right? You know, one of your, no, said, one of yours for three of his, right? Yeah. So how do they shrink them? They boil well, them. I, I now know. They boil them, right? Okay. Well, this is one of those dumb moments when they, you kind of hear it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they skin it to get the bone, you know, so they get the bone out and they sew things shut and they, yeah, I think it's boiled. But, you know, you always think, well, wait, the skull won't shrink. How do, you know, I never really thought about the process of having to cut it away from the bone. It's disgusting. Peel it back or whatever. Um, so, yeah, figures Aussie John would know. Pick up, he'd pick up on there. bone right away, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't really listening until he said one of the key words that he likes. Yeah. By the way, I went to Shogun's the other day when I was out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Your favorite place? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Probably one of my all-time favorite places. And um, they, we walked up, and the door wasn't opening. I'm like, I was pissed. And I looked at the time. and said they were open at 2.30. It was like 2.15. Oh. <laughs> and they saw us through the window. So they came over, and they're like, sushi? Or? I said, no, no sushi, because the sushi chefs had all gone home, you know, gone away for their lunch, I guess it was kind of a slow day, but they we were the only ones in the um, Teppan area, uh, and I was the only one that had ever been there. So I was with three of my my crew, and none of them had been. So it was a good show and a uh, a good thing. I was thinking about you, but it was too early in the day for you to have been. When was this? It was last Wednesday. Okay. So we went and done um, the piece on the Fender Center Museum, which is uh, really pretty. Pretty cool. You should. Uh, are any of your either one of your kids interested in being musically inclined or anything? Yes. Okay. Here, here's the deal: with the Fender Center Museum. It's an after-school program. 
it's absolutely free. They're allowed to go from a certain age all the way till they graduate from high school. Uh, last year... You have to get picked or something, right? Well, you got to go on a waiting list, and a lot of the parents do volunteer time there. They have like six or seven full-time people, and then a lot of um, volunteer. They... They have a recording studio so they can record tracks. They actually do put one or two bands together. They've got one room that's all Fender keyboards, one room that's all Fender uh, guitars, one room that's Fender basses, or those might be combined. And they've got the electronic um, drum set, recording studio, blah, blah, blah. The museum is there simply to support the Kids Kids Rock Free program. And uh, they, Steve Miller is a big contributor, is a trustee. He took one or two of the kids on tour with him last year. Really? Yeah, out of their, their 50 stops, they got to go to 20 of them, play on stage with them in front of, you know, thousands of people. That sounds like a sweet deal. Oh, yeah. They got people coming from L.A., Sandy. I mean, people that make daily trips to be part of this program. Uh, and it's right in your backyard. Yeah, I so, know. I drive right by it every day on my way home. There's a... Um, there's a big Johnny Cash exhibit in there right now. Some personal friends of Johnny Cash had handwritten letters, song stuff, you know, clothes. They had all kinds of stuff that, that is on loan to them. There's, a, of course, there's a Steve Miller uh, thing, and they I, Fender licenses the use and also gives big support. You can sit in different parts of the Fender Center Museum and play instruments. They got headphones you can put on to listen to yourself play. Um, so it's, you know, some things you can touch, some things you can't, they show you how the guitars go together, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's a pretty cool place to go and it all supports this free kids program. And there's an outdoor amphitheater, which is now named the Steve Miller or Steve Miller band TLC amphitheater. They put on shows most of the year around when the, when the weather's good. Uh, and he's played like four or five concerts over the last 10 years they've been open. So... So it's all these little, you know, these little things that are in your backyard that uh, you could easily do while you were at Disney. Also, for those who can't travel outside Disney, at least get here and then take a little day trip to and the, uh, literally the, the Santa Ana Zoo or the uh, Bowers, five minutes from Disneyland at the most. Right? Yeah. Uh, There's a science center too. That's this, the science center is awesome. I'm trying to get that on my shoot list. They haven't answered me back yet. The International Surf Museum in Huntington Beach. Uh, you know, if you're going to go down to the beach, you might as well go to Huntington. Stop you, in there. You just had you just had the former mayor mayor of Bell, California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Before he got, before he got, a volunteer getting fired. That was got shown the door. Yeah, yeah sir. Had to live in my town, right? Uh, so. Well, uh, you know, um, one of the dudes from Storage Wars is Huntington Beach guy, or is he Newport really? Beach? Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach. Yeah. Shoot. I've What's watched pick American Pickers, which I like a lot. I see now that Pawn Stars has pawned uh, or spawned some spinoffs. There's like Extreme Pawn Shop or something. There's a hardcore pawn. Hardcore pawn. <laughs> There's one that's yeah. called. Um, it's kind of like Pawn Shop in a way because, but it's the auction. You know, they they bring stuff to auction. Uh, I, you know, they tell a story about the pieces and and all that, and I'm. Speaking so. of which, I can almost see the world-famous uh, gold and silver pond shop from my hotel window. Yeah, Dave's a Newport. Uh, he, he, is Newport, I'm responding Wait, to Jen where, here. From where you were? From where I was. Yeah, Just had a, a little bit of yeah, one building in the way. It's Otherwise a bit of a stretch, but you're right. You can, it's a, like two blocks up there, huh? Yeah. 
not even two full blocks, I don't think. But it's, yeah, it's right across from this, almost right across from the stratosphere, and I was right there. Yeah, so anyways, you know, get out. You know, even if you go to Florida, and that's the only place you ever go, drive up to St. Augustine. Go out to Cape Kennedy. Uh, Cape what? The the Kennedy Space Center at Cape Canaveral. How's that? Oh, okay. Just check. KSC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, drive over to uh, Tampa. I mean, do something besides uh, shoving yourself full of pixie dust and uh, turkey legs. Go visit turkey uh, legs. Yuck. St. Augustine. I yeah, think, I, yeah, do, just, I do believe said I said that, that but yes, yeah. that is a great. Oh, did you say? Did, I, I just heard you. I was teasing you on the Cape Cape Kennedy. <sighs> yes. <sighs> All right. Uh, da, da, da. Visit KFC now. If you're in uh, just outside Atlanta, you do have to see the giant chicken, the KFC chicken outside of Atlanta. There. Well, if you're going to be in Atlanta, you got to go to the Coca Cola uh, place. The Coca Cola place, the uh, uh, Centennial Olympics Park. And, of course, Ted Turner and CNN. Uh, don't really have to go there, but, you know. I guess <laughs> if, if they would employ me, I'd take the job. But, you Tur- know, I'd, Turner hold, Broadcasting. I'd be holding my nose the whole way. Unless it was maybe, you know, uh, they still own, um, was it Turner Classics or whatever that. Yeah, state- they still own Turner, uh, Turner Classic movies, yeah. But, you know, there I would definitely hit Stone Mountain. So. There's a whole other place there. Are you guys talking about Jared, the... Uh... Not the subway guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's we're talking about Storage Wars. Uh, oh, oh there's okay. Four, there's four main dudes. There's Dave. I'm pretty sure he's Huntington Beach. Uh, there's a guy named Daryl. He's from San Diego area. There's a guy from Hollywood. His name is Barry. He's a dummy. And then there's... Is, is this all Southern California that the yes, storage yes, unit are yes. in? I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yes. I just saw one so, or two episodes and didn't realize all around more. SoCal. And then uh, the last guy is this couple uh, that they're their little secondhand shops in in Orange, and like that couple, they they go really is is the secondhand is it in the circle? Do you have any idea? North Tustin Avenue, eight ten no, North Tustin. Tustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, there's a lot of um, secondhand stores. I'm sorry. Antique, Antique no, no, Antique stores, in, in, in yeah. Circle. These guys are a thrift store. Think of you know small scale Goodwill yeah. kind of a store. And what they do, they go to these uh, storage unit oh. bidding things to get stuff to put on their shelves. Right. I wonder if it's that place. I know where there's a huge thrift store on Tustin. I don't think it's that big. It's not that big of a place. That's uh, okay. Their storefront doesn't look that big. But yeah, they, they um, whatever channel they're on, Annie, I think, and they're having a marathon today. So I flipped them on, waiting for Top Gear to start. So goody, yeah. Uh, but there's something else I'm gonna look. I, too bad we lost some of it because someone somebody mentioned something in the chat that um, we didn't lose the chat. It's all there. No, I had to start over the chat, so I lost oh, what we had what, before we went offline. Uh, before we went offline, let me. And find I lost it. something. Uh, see, Mike needs good tech support. Uh, maybe Tony is invisible. Made my cast, my cast go one on one. I said Tony wishes. I saw that. We're That's why I picked up. Tony and not very far. I am so tired of that whole Tony. I broke down everything bullshit. It just you know, I guess if you really need to make a name for yourself, it just I don't get it. It's I I just don't get it. Um, see, J- Banker said this is some of the best material ever on my cast. I have to agree. <laughs> That's when we were blank. 
Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be really happy then in like another eight weeks when we go off the air for good. <laughs> well, until the next well, time. Something about yeah, get rid of that Potter tag. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Um, so Tony wishes. Uh, yeah, maybe I, it's I, me. I picked up there. That's where I got okay. the chat back. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't know what you were possibly thinking of, uh, but... All right. Uh, Disney Cruise talk there. Yeah, so are you, are you getting your, your pixie dust hard on for the cruise coming up? Not yet. Uh, I think it'll happen. Uh, the first cruise, the first cruise on our itinerary is a week, starts a week from today. And then two weeks from today, they get back. And then I'm hoping in the next couple of days after that, they'll, their trip reports and pictures and whatnot will hit the, hit the internet. And then I can kind of prepare based on what they did. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. So at that point, I think the the excitement level will start to ramp up a bit. Now, where are you going again? To uh, some third world country? Yeah, <laughs> Mexico, dude. <laughs> Hope you come back with your head on your shoulders. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> didn't, uh, so, two days didn't they just put a travel advisory for Mexico? Yes, well, they did. Acapulco, well, uh, right? Months ago, and then uh, gangland shootings. Uh, along the border between Mexico and Texas, I know, have caused some issues. But we're going to Puerto Vallarta, Mazatlan, and then Cabo San Lucas. I forgot where Karen went. She went on one of those stupid stamping cruises. It's like a three-day cruise. And um, I've never been on a cruise. So far, I've you know not had any interest ever seen ever since I saw the Poseidon Adventure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, had, if you had asked me 25 years ago... When I was getting out of the Navy, if I'd ever go on a, you know, pay money to go on a pleasure cruise, hell no. (laughs) Well, you you hadn't been on a pleasure cruise yet, so. Yeah, but I I know what it's like to be at sea. It's boring, you know. So, dancing on the ceiling, very funny, John. Yeah, I just got beside an adventure for Christmas. The original? Which one? The original? The the original. I got one of those uh, uh, Fox, 20th Century Fox sets. They have... uh, Beside Adventure, uh, Planet of the Apes, and... Um, oh, did you know the next ape movie has been pushed back a year, probably? Yeah, I saw that. Wait, are they redoing Planet of the Apes again? No, it's a... What was the... The title is called The Apes Apes Uprising or Apes Rise or something like that. Okay, now, but is it a, is it like a sequel to the Mark Wahlberg oh, one we saw? The day the, the day the Earth Stood Still. Don't know. It didn't say. It just said that it got pushed back and some other projects were pushed I, that I Mark Wahlberg going was dumb. Yeah, it, it, I read it was something. on it was on Box Office Mojo is where I read it. I read something about it in uh, one of the in uh, I think it was Post that reasons it got po- pushed back was a base they didn't like having Tim Burton. Tim Burton was great as an executive producer, but they were trying to sh- shy away from the Mark Wahlberg story. Uh, let me go look the because the Box Office Mojo article had nothing in fact it listed it on imdb imdb that he had nothing to do with this project at all so um somebody mentioned the alaskan cruise if i ever have the money and i do mean spare money because i don't wouldn't really spend good money to go on a cruise i mean you really got to have a chunk of change the alaskan cruise is the only one i would go on uh aj the cruise is leaving from la the san pedro not long beach what i was going to say about um uh, when Karen took the cruise down to to Mexico, 
they got off the ship and took a little tour around the town. They were on some little tour bus, and the lady's like, and over here, we just rebuilt this whole area. And she's looking at it, and she's telling me this later. It looked like a shithole. And they, you know, I, I, I guess, yes, I am ripping on Mexico. They thought it was great and, and makes you kind of not question why some parts of L.A. look like that that are predominantly uh, new immigrants because it's no matter how bad it looks to us, it's probably better than where they came from. Okay, where the uh, Disney Cruise is taken off out of uh, San Pedro, if you ever take a look at any of the old Love Boat television yeah. shows or movies, that's the Los Angeles World Port Terminal. That's where the wonder will be docked. Three births, 91, 92, 93. Yeah. Uh, the, there's also... Uh, Carnival Cruises takes off out of what used to be the old dome for the uh, Spruce Goose over at the Queen Mary. I'm just saying that because yes, John didn't think yeah. there was any cruise lines out of L.A. Yeah, but there's a there's well, a there's a recent L.A. County, not out of L.A. Los Angeles city. Well, San Pedro is San Pedro. Port, that's part of that's, that's considered the part of Los Angeles. I, I know yeah. it is, but it's not in L.A. Well, it's just like LAX is not in Los Angeles; it's in Inglewood, right? Right. Well, actually, no. Because my grandmother lived a block from there, and she always said she lived in Inglewood, but her actual zip code always came up as uh, Los Angeles. So I actually think it's county land more than anything. I'm not 100% sure, but I've, there's really kind of a quasi-what's what over there. I, I think I think if I remember correctly, Port of Los Angeles is definitely part of the city because you have City PD and City Fire that go down in that direction. And San Pedro? God, I uh, wish I had— Okay. I, well, yeah, yeah. I wish I had a guy. I I've got an architect friend who grew up in San Pedro and still likes to go down there and help guys when they build their little ships and and all that that shit. Um, but you know, in the long run, it doesn't really matter. But you, you, when we think of L.A., you know, even if it is L.A., Richard, and I'll, I'll give you a benefit of the doubt. It's not anywhere close to what we think of as L.A. No, it's it's nowhere near the towers or downtown or the Staples Center. You're right. Now, um, where were we? Oh, wait, okay. oh why, why do you think the L.A. port is probably low rent in comparison to Port Canaveral? Now, I've not seen a lot of pictures other than going to a satellite view of it. I mean, Port Canaveral was nothing before they built it. If, I'm just saying Port Canaveral is purpose-built for Disney Cruise, right? And, True. And the, and the cruise ship terminal here in uh, for Los Angeles is kind of like a little more utilitarian and austere. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's um, it's not a bad way of of putting it. I wonder but, if this if this Google Map picture will go into the chat window. Let's find out. But I mean, what what have they built? I, obviously, when you go to for anybody listening, they can maybe chime in. I mean, do you just show up and leave your car? Do you stay the night before well, at Port Canaveral? What's the deal? How does it work out there? Well, or or do you stay well, in the resort? They, they gotta, they, they, you know. Some people they got a huge parking structure right next to uh, the terminal. No, it's not a structure. It's a flat lot. Um, you know, well, most which, people, a lot of people Richard, who are coming. Richard, wait, wait, wait. Which which one are you? Which one are you referring to, Richard? Florida. I'm or talking about Florida. Okay, oh. Mike. Your answer was for L.A. Florida for, for L.A. for L.A. All right. So, yeah, no, L.A. flat lot. Yeah, I couldn't remember how flat, how L.A. was, but they had like a huge parking structure, if I remember correctly, next to uh, the uh, terminals over at uh, Port Canaveral. 
And there's really nothing, you know, you talk about the, all the commercial shipping that's around uh, the terminal there in L.A. I didn't, we, we were there at night, granted, but I really didn't see that much of the huge com- commercial. There's a lot of small commercial vessels that were out there, like fishing boats and tour boats and everything else. Uh, similar to what you would see, well, like uh, uh, Newport Harbor or actually more like Dana Point type deal. All right, I'm trying to find. Somebody a- just put some links. Just by the way, I went to look up the tentative title is "Rise of the Apes." It's a prequel to "Planet of the Apes," and uh, its director was Rupert Wyatt. Uh, writers: Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, actors: James Franco, Tom Felton, Frida Pinto, uh, Brian Cox, John Lithgow. Producers: Peter Chernin, Dylan Clark, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver. Uh, so doesn't seem to have anything to do with, unless he's an executive producer that's not listed here, um, our good old friend Tim Burton, whose Frankenweenie will be coming out March of 2012. <laughs> uh, see, what is it? Prometheus was scheduled for March 9, 2012, where it will face Tim Burton stop-motion animated mover, movie Frankenweenie. Um, let's see, Planet of the Apes prequel rise of the apes has been pushed back from june 24th to wednesday november 23rd while no reason was given for the change it is clear that an extra five months will allow more time for the movie's complicated capture motion effects as well as the added head start for fox's marketing team the movie leaves cars 2 as the only nationwide release on june 24th and pits rise of the apes against the muppets arthur christmas and project x overthink oh i hope project x isn't a remake of Project X from the 80s. Yeah. No, I think it's something different. God, let's hope so. Because when I just clicked on it, <laughs> it gave me the uh, the one from 87 that uh, made a whole total $18 million. So, But in 1970, that might have been okay money. You know the guy that made Blade Runner? Uh, Scott? Ridley Scott. Ridley yes. Scott. Says, yeah, what's it here? Um, director Ridley Scott... And screenwriter Damon Lindelof, lost Star Trek, few others, ultimately came up with an original sci-fi story tangentially related to the Alan or Alien universe. Fox announced Prometheus will be Mr. Scott's first sci-fi movie since Blade Runner, which disappointed disappointed at the box office in 1982, but became regarded as a classic by many. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm trying to. I'm chatting here, but they. Oh, they're remaking the Three Musketeers. How many more times do people have to screw, screw up the original? The original was too good to have a one uh, remade of it. Oh, and Footloose too. What is this? That's oh. gonna be stupid. Oh God! The first one was campy, and for its time, maybe acceptable. But another one? Oh my God! What is the world coming to? Oh, oh. no, the Smurfs. Speaking of, um, oh, shoot! You just there said something. You just said something that just trig- triggered a memory and friggin' lost it. Yes, everybody um, cut loose. Let's everybody Wang Chung while we're at it too. There was an interesting article I was reading from James Cameron tonight, uh, talking about how he's just so sick and tired of how uh, Hollywood's just they're uh, done with the remakes or no, they're done with the sequels. Now they're trying to do the remakes and. They, I guess he was approached by Universal to do a direct a movie 
based on the game Battleship, and he basically told them what to do with themselves. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, that's easy to say on one hand. If we go back, it's a funny they, commercial. Which movie? <laughs> Brian made this comment. If I watch another Kevin Bacon movie, I might become Kevin Bacon. I love that, that, that commercial. commercial it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, when we were kids, we saw films for the first time that we didn't realize were remakes. You know, now we're adults yeah. and we know that they're remakes sometimes. It's not a new thing. I mean, sometimes James no. Cameron is a pompous ass. Yes. Okay. Yes, but- he's had a few huge, huge successes. I'm not so sure about this new whole movie he's but, doing where but the remake you know, you know the remakes are feeding a nostalgia market right oh. it's help it's helping people reclaim some, reclaim some childhood yeah. or whatnot oh i love this show when i was a kid let's hope they do a great job you know well, uh, and sometimes they it sucks ass what, what 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 did i hear a group of actors say once this was the cast from oceans uh, 11 when the first one came out the whole cast was together and um I think I've mentioned this story before. James, uh, George Clooney was uh, kind of laughing that he'd killed the Bat um, series. And, the Batman series, yeah. But, but, you know, he wasn't the one that decided to put nipples on the rubber suit. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, And he was lamenting the fact that, at least at the time, and I, I might have to say even to this day, that Julia Roberts had never been in a bomb, that she had been fairly successful in everything she had been in or the films had been uh, successful for the most part. Uh, and they were saying, you, you know, never remake a good movie. You only remake bad movies. And I saw the original Ocean's Eleven, and I have to agree, it sucked. So you can make a good thing out of bad, but to try to make another good out of something that was already good or great, it's a lot tougher, you know? Um. Speaking of old stuff being remade, I was turning the kids on to uh, Lost in Space today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> origi- one of my favorites. The original campy. Uh, well, you know, the first, you know, the, uh, I'm, it's on Hulu, right? And I can hook. Oh, yeah. So did you watch the original, original trailer? The original, where... the original first episode of the TV show well, remember, in black and a... white. Right, but there, yeah, is it the trailer where Dr. Smith doesn't go with him? I think if you watch, there, there's one that wasn't shown, and I think he doesn't, he doesn't go. We only got halfway through it before, because uh, I didn't hook up sound. I, it was really kind of an experiment to see how oh, well... Sornet sucked. Ooh, sorry. Uh, um, how well plugging the computer into the television, and I could, you know, stream... Oh, how, how was that? Just, it? Looked, uh, it looked pretty good. I just need yeah. to hook, hook it into some sound... You know, stereo, or whatever, so we can get more sound than just the computer speakers. So I've I've met oh, now been... more than one person that has gone strictly Apple TV as a as a device. They've dropped their cable. Um, they watch everything through internet, Hulu, things like that. That I guess work very well uh, with uh, Apple TV. I've only had one experience with Apple TV. Uh, Kendra's got one, and it was in the house for a while, uh, and and we tried it. And I thought that is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I it, you know, I'm not doing Hulu Plus cuz the TV will stream Hulu Plus directly, but that's oh. eight that's 8 bucks a month. I'm just doing the free Hulu, right? So we watched like the first 20 minutes of it and we are getting into it. I'm like I can't handle with the, the the little sound, so I'll pick it up again, but yeah, there's no Dr. Smith at that first thing. They were they had just recently crashed on the planet and are chasing around the 
Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, so, well, I think wasn't Dr. Smith, didn't he do their inoculations or something, and then he did, but he doesn't stow away. That's, that's like the one, I guess, the network didn't accept. It was more serious. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't so campy. Yeah, and, I, when they, and they're, they're living on the planet, right? And the girl's already got that little monkey. monkey yes, yes. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had never seen that so, before. Well, the funny thing <laughs> is, my, my son's watching goes, why are they happy if they're lost? They're ha- they're having a good time because they're you know the kid was chasing the ostrich or whatever and she's playing with the monkey oh, and I'm like did you did you give them the kind of thing they're alive yeah exactly that was my response I said if you if would you be happy if you were alive instead of just dead in space I guess so <laughs> so yeah I'm, once I fix the sound thing we'll probably start uh, what, what was wrong with the sound it was just coming out of the computer out of the PC out of the laptop that was plugged in the television it wasn't loud enough. Oh, 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 yeah, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, I love, I love Netflix. Uh, somebody's mentioning Netflix. Yeah, we have, we have Netflix. We have, um, but I can't stream Lost in Space on Netflix. I, you know, I've never even looked for Lost in Space. Uh, you know, there are some things. You, there's nostalgia, but then you go back and you watch, and you nostalgia. It's like seeing some famous actors with their clothes off. The fantasy was better. <laughs> so n- nostalgia sometimes is better than actually going back and, and watching the show again. And if you're wondering where the where the Disney uh, tie-in for Lost in Space is, is Guy Williams, right? Yes. Yes. He just had a birthday, apparently. I had high hopes for the movie, and actually there was some good music in the in the remake. Yeah. Mm, well, not, but, not so yeah the movie was kind of dumb. They had some hot women. They had places they could have went with it, but they didn't go the right place. I, I, I blame... Yeah. I blame I blame Joey from Friends. He ruined that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. Matt Le- 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 thank ro- you. The robot was cool, though. But, but, but the thing was, the robot... is a minor part. He's not, it was he's underplayed. Not so they got the guy's oh, yeah. voice. They got the original robot's voice, and they didn't do it right. Somewhere, recently, somewhere recently, I saw a thing, and it might have been on uh, YouTube, about the guy. He was at... I don't know if he's at a convention or something that, you know, did the suit, did the voice and all that. And they let someone else put the suit on to see how, what it would feel like to move it around. And, you know, not an easy task um, from what I understand, but uh, it was kind of an interesting little, little piece on the the robot dude. But yeah, he was, he was more serious and very underplayed in that, that first one, but they do still, I am still really always thought that that little Land Rover thing they had was bitching. Yeah, the little six-wheeled thing. Yeah, with all the glass. You can see everywhere you're going, no blind spots. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have a blind spot when you're on some you know, planet you know nothing about. <laughs> is that the same kind of thing that the banana splits used to drive around in? <laughs> is that what you're no. <laughs> no, no, not, not quite. Hong Kong Fui. No, but you remember the oh. banana splits, right? At yeah, the end of the, yeah, end of the TV show, they drove around those little six-wheeled things. Yeah, <laughs> that, that reminds me a little bit of uh, Silent Running too, where they're you know. Oh yeah, you know what's cool about Silent Running is that they filmed uh, a lot of uh, that on an old carrier. aircraft carrier. Yeah, yeah. I watched a behind the scenes thing. They showed uh, uh, Bruce Dern, who's just a nutcase, anyways. Um, you know, he's all he's all Mister Environmental Green. He's 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 physically doing his training, his running in between. You know, yeah, filming yeah, yeah, on, on the deck, deck, deck yeah. But yeah, what? Because that did give it a kind of an authentic feel as they're kind of going through the uh, different uh, cabins or uh, compartments. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, wish I knew what ship that was. 
I think it was the Lexington, wasn't it? No, no, Lexington, I know, uh, was... Lexington was still commissioned when I was in the Navy. That was a training boat, so... See, what, what, Brian's saying something here that he's running a story in the local news talking about, it, I think, the Netflix. Um, I'm trying to wait a whole 48 hours for my DVD to come to me. You know, mine come next day. When they say they ship, I get it the next day. But I might be close closer to a distribution center. I don't know, but... You know, if if I get the email that says, let's say I got one today that was received today, I would have it tomorrow, except on the weekend square. If I put it in the mail, like say I put it in the mail Monday, I get my next one Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So that's 48 hours. Well, the Valley yes, Forge. But the Valley Forge, you got to, I look at it as from the when they receive it and send it versus. Oh, yeah. When they when I get the email that they've received it and, and like an hour later, I get the one that they shipped the next one. I got the I just day. actually upped it a couple dollars so I could have two because uh, what the you know I'm trying to catch up on the Sopranos and then I'll find out that my daughter has slipped something else in there, uh, so it was just a couple you know few dollars more to have two uh, at a time. So I, I'm doing that. Did you catch that, uh, Richard? The Valley Forge was the boat that they filmed yeah, it on? Yeah, I was just okay. seeing both the uh, name of the ship and the story and the name of the ship that they filmed on. Yes, pretty cool, huh? It is very cool. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, yeah that was the name of the spaceship, too. I just watched 2001 A Space Odyssey again just to see if it was really as bad as I remember. It's a classic. I'll give it that. But, oh, my God, it's luckily I you know could stop it on Netflix, start it again, you know, stop it, start it. Well, I, st- I still like I still the best explanation I like on that movie is what uh, Roy Schreider said when they were trying to sign him up for 2010, and he asked the question, "Will you be able to enjoy this movie without being on acid?" <laughs> so when they said, "Yeah, you'll be able to enjoy the movie without the acid," he said, "Okay, sign me on." So. Okay, now nice. I think that's a bit harsh because it's it's not like a psychedelic trip. The but, last you know, ten minutes are. Uh, you know, I think that's. I don't know if I'd go quite that far, but you, you, it's it's kind of like the end of um, a black hole in a way. You're trying to figure out what the the, the message is here. But um, yes, Firefly was good. I'm still I haven't quite finished that. Um, Wait a second, Brian wants what movie explained to him? Silent Running, Black Hole, or Black Hole. I call them. All right. uh, but even even 2001, you have these different segments, and you're trying to follow. You know, first you got all the monkeys beaten off. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that was history of the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> then, you, then you have caveman pissing on the wall. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. That was the first the critic. World. The first critic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, you get that, and then you jump to this this other segment uh, where they're kind of walking on the. Uh, the spaceship that's kind of a transporter, uh, you know, well, a, a airline, American. airline in space, right? Basically. And then you you kind, of, you kind of have all these little segments you jump to, and nothing's really meshed together very well. I enjoyed 2010. I thought it was it was pretty good because they, you know, more how would you say story based, easy to follow. Uh, I've never read 2001, and maybe I should go back and maybe read that someday, but. Uh, uh, I don't know. The the music is 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 spectacular in two thousand one. The visuals, when you think about when they made it, are and the effects are great. It's just the story was oh yes. Two thousand one's a book. Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, yeah it's a two thousand. There actually is a two thousand ten book also. Yeah, but that, I think that's a screenplay tie-in kind of a book. 
No, no, it was, no, it, no, that no, was no. Arthur C. Clarke, and he also wrote a third book to twenty thirty, well. wasn't it? Twenty thirty, yes. Yeah. Uh, I just want to go r- run in real quick because Brian asked about an explanation. Just got to throw it in. Greg and I years ago we had a uh, back in the days when we were in high school and everything. We had a video party and we rented the black hole, and we spent the better part of the night trying that. to we figure had, out the we last had to rent this big video cassette of this. Yeah, we rented the video cassette. We we spent the better part of the night watching the last fifteen minutes of Black Hole, and I think we came up with a pretty good theory of what the end was, but it it, it was shaky at best. Uh, uh, wasn't uh, they fell through a black hole at the end of it? Well, they go through the black hole, and then you see uh, what's on the other side, and they don't. They kind of like well, you 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 see you see. Um, the bad dude. I can't even remember his name. Maximilian. Max. Wait, isn't that the? That's the robot's name. What's You're talking the about? That's the, the computer's Hal. No, we're, no, no, we're, we're talking hole. black hole. Oh yeah, Maximilian was a big robot. Okay, but yeah, what's, what's and, the captain's name? Uh, well, his real name's Maximilian Shell. Yeah, I know. That's um, why I think. <laughs> that um, I'm trying to, uh, damn it! We were just talking about this movie last week too, or two weeks ago. But don't you see? Don't you see the captain? Of the, is it the? It's not the Pegasus, is it? No, Pegasus was the lower. The Cygnus was the big. Cygnus. You, I always interpreted that you saw the eyes of the captain of the Cygnus inside Maximilian. Yeah, like he's encased in, entombed inside Maximilian in this. And, and they look like area. yeah, they look like they're in hell. Um, yeah. But then, but then you you get sucked into one of the pilot the pilot's eyes or something on, on the Pegasus. So um, yeah. yeah, it's a bit trippy. I, so. I always interpreted it as this is what she, what, uh, what's her name, Yvette Mimio, was thinking. I never right. interpreted it as this was actually happening. So the last thing she saw before her ass hit the glass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 I, I, did you ever see uh, The Simpsons on one of the Treehouse of Horrors where Homer gets trapped in the uh, third dimension? And he falls into the big black hole there in the third dimension. It's just suddenly all the parts of his body are just sucked over in different directions. And you just hear him echoing, crap, 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 crap. (laughs) (laughs) Brian said he had another black hole comment. And I hope it's nothing like the magazine that we gave to a friend once called The Glory Hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. That was one of our great all-time pranks in Vegas. I got to say that that... That prank was like years in the making, and the payoff was five years later, I think, at least. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, Richard, when I told you he finally said something? That had to have been at least five years. Yeah, it was quite a few years. In fact, when you first started telling me, I'm going, what? And you had to remind me what we did. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 that was definitely one that you had to sit back and wait for it to happen. Yeah, that's, that was one for the history books. Was it now? <sighs> was that? Was it now? It, it, it was. It was. Because, quite frankly, the magazine I couldn't purchase, didn't want to look at, but we had one <laughs> that have cared less to uh, make that purchase. And uh, let, us, let us put it this way. The description was, what is the most disgusting magazine you have on the rack? We want that magazine. It's like, <laughs> how do you say that? Okay, so Reinhardt was the name of the, the captain of the Cygnus in Bla- the Black Hole. Reinhardt. Okay. Yes. What Played- was his name? Hans Reinhardt. Hans Reinhardt. Reinhardt. I think you said Rein, like Heinhardt or so. Reinhardt, yes. Okay, got you. Okay, good. 
<laughs> we'll have to review all these because we've got the new Black Hole movie coming out in the next well, year. Here's what I do have to say. What, what was excellent about the Black Hole is I think the father outdid the son with the map paintings, but the map paintings were severely underappreciated because the movie overall blew chunks. Though I do know, I remember a lot like some girls that I went to school with. Or actually, they didn't go to our school. Some girls I was kind of hanging with that went to Villa Park High School. They, they all felt sad for Bob. So as bad yeah. as the movie, people did find some connections in the movie. Like Bob. <laughs> Bob the robot. Yes. So. All right. I'm sorry. I was double checking. They have Joss because you in Serenity was a great rap. Yes. Serenity was awesome. Wait, he th- he thinks he would have ruined his own Firefly? If Joss continued fire- Firefly, he would have ruined it, and Serenity was a great wrap-up. I-, I don't know. We haven't quite finished Firefly yet. Um, I started to watch Serenity like a year ago because someone said, oh, you don't need to have seen the series, and I had no clue what was going yeah, on. Uh, so I think the series helps you, un- the series helps you understand. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of, by researching the series, there's a lot of interesting stuff about that series. Um uh, well, Josh did a terrible job with Buffy season seven, is because he pretty much wasn't around because he was work. He left to work on Firefly, but what, well, what got, he did with yeah, Firefly kind of sucked. There. Yeah, we yeah, liked it you, the first season. What, what what Firefly did excellently was when they're out. Let's let's call it on the frontier with the rogues. The camera was kind of always in motion; it was moving. But when they dealt with what was it called, the Federation or whoever the the the, the alliance, was, the alliance, the alliance, it was always a rock steady tripod shot. So they, he he did some really good things, and by using old lenses to get lens flare, uh, things of that nature, uh, I think he did a great setup. And there were great actors uh, in that. I still get used to the the hooker as the girl in V the, with short hair. She pulls it off. Not very many women can pull short hair off, but she's pulling it off. Oh, uh, uh, it helps that she's just friggin' hot all around, right? That is true. <laughs> and she's, uh, I want to say she's Brazilian, if I remember correctly. Uh, but she, yeah, she is smoking. You know, about Joss Whedon, I got to say, uh, Buffy season seven, Dollhouse, and Angel. You take a look at that whole period when he was doing, when they were doing this stuff, just got really, really, really dark. So I don't know if it was just lack of interest yeah, I think, in I think it. You, I think you guys need to look it up because I'm pretty. Karen was huge fans of Angel and Buffy. Oh, we were too. But and just I'm, I'm pretty dark. Well, well, this is this seasons. is where I'm going. I'm I'm pretty positive because she told me about this at the time. And I didn't think anything of it, and then later I've looked at it that he, he left Buffy. He went off to do. Um, uh, Firefly. So he wasn't around for Buffy. Buffy was not, let's say, his little baby at this point because he's off doing uh, the other one. So you can't necessarily blame him other than maybe you could blame him because he left, but he didn't really have anything to do with it. Not like you can blame J.J. Abrams for seasons two through whatever of Lost, right? In theory, true, because he he gets created by it, but he's not... He did the first season then... Which is not uncommon for a lot of creators of series. Even look at Roddenberry by what... Uh, a next generation by it was at season three. He was pretty much out of the picture mm, when he Maybe kicked the bucket. Was. You mean? <laughs> no, no, no. Before that, before no, he, 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 he had Rick, he had Rick Berman take over, but he was still listed as uh, create. He still had a lot of the creative control on it. And well, you, did uh, 
Well, I'm trying to remember who it was that helped him with uh, a lot of the writing that was one of the original writers, too. Eve, Eve, uh, DC Fontana? No. no, that's original series, DC yeah, Fontana. Well, she, no, she wrote one Brandon or two. Brandon Braga, is that the uh, guy you're thinking of? Uh, Brandon Braga did not write original. He only wrote no, no. Next Generation. No, Next Generation. Wait, no, I, maybe, maybe I missed what Richard said because I thought he was just talking about someone who helped. He was, no, he was one of the original original series writers that he brought back in. Pevney? Helped, Joseph Pevney? Helped, Helped create the uh, Star Trek Bible that everything was supposed to fall in place with. I don't, but to, I uh, think Fontana did was, write one or two of the new ones. But uh, anyways. Um, well, okay. You know that I was telling you about um, uh, the how, Star, how William Shatner changed the universe, right? That yes, little yes, TV yes, show. Yes. Okay. So uh, one segment of that show was Shatner talking about how Gene Roddenberry – you know, his vision of the future was, you know, everybody, it was always bright. It was, it, you know, ha- not happy, but. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, our, our Star Trek, our, our, our true Trekkie in the group is. Ruined um, Next Generation, yeah. Bragging Bra- on Braga and Berman. Yeah, I, bl- I agree. Ber- Ber- they, had a, they had a nickname for them. Anyway, so he was saying that when Next Generation came along and, and Gene Roddenberry was still at the helm, they still had. You know, a happy future, right? But technology was catching up, or or the way they're using technology, the audience was kind of uh, used to it. They were expecting technology things to be contributing to the story being happy or bright or whatever. So when Deep Space Nine came along, it became dark and and not happy, and there's political intrigue and bad things going on. And Deep Space Nine did not last as long as Next Generation. Excuse then, me? It went seven seasons, just like Next Generation did. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Then, then ratings didn't stay as high, maybe. Well, it finished seven seasons. Oh, that, doesn't mean, um, that doesn't mean ratings were up. Remember, it was on, what was it on, UPN? Yeah, it's a failed UPN it was network. On a, yeah. It was on a bad network, right? Then came uh, um, Voyager, which kept the same thing. Uh, conflict, dark, it was sad stories, and... Again, not such hot ratings, and it did seven seasons, I think. Also, I, yeah, I, I know it. They all lasted the same length of time, but Inter- Enterprise just when it started to get good, <clears throat> and it took three seasons. That's when they canceled um, it. Yeah, but you, seriously, if you watch the show, I don't know when it's coming on again. He he'll go through a whole reasoning of the stories and technology because the the. Okay, the okay. Says about technology. I, I, I'm glad you've spun onto Trek. Let's go ahead and, and talk a little Trek for a minute. You know, I've heard this before about the difference between Next Generation, DS9, uh, compared to the original. Um, and now, uh, also, I think by the third season of the original, Roddenberry had pretty much left the show. He wasn't a daily contributor on the third season of the original series, if I remember correctly because he had conflicts with the studio um but let's go back every star trek the original television movie and episode had some kind of dark side bad side not it wasn't all happy-go-lucky future uh i know people like to paint it as that but it's wrong it's not i mean every one of the movies well, maybe the V'ger thing didn't. It was kind of 
we're not sure why we're going to die, but we got to go stop this thing, and it, it will all be good. But all of them had. To, do you remember the one where they go to the like the? Um, it was kind of like a jail planet, you know, and the, they put them in the chair that like zapped them and a penal planet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if everything's so happy and go lucky in the future, why is there a penal planet? Why is there Klingons? Why is there people to shoot at? Why are there Romulans? Uh, I actually think Deep Space Nine actually got good when it got dark. It was kind of la la la, and then it, it started to get a little dark. They get into the wars with the Cardassians. There's some struggle with the Klingons. That's when it got good. Um, Voyager got really good when they had a real tightly dressed uh, half Borg hottie. I mean, you- I I like Torres better than Seven of Nine. Actually, you like? Did you? Torres is all right. I, I think Seven of Nine. Jerry Ryan is just fucking hot. Uh, you know, <laughs> speaking of Jerry Ryan, did you see her when she uh, was in uh, one Leverage? season of Leverage? Yeah, yeah. She still looked good. She, yeah, but uh, she left her husband. So. She might still be available. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So or you want, all right. So you want to talk about hot robots? Then you're going to compare Jerry Ryan to Trisha Helfer. I'd go with Jerry Ryan, but Trisha's pretty pretty. Oh, you speaking? Okay, now you've really got me pissed. <laughs> they canceled fucking crap, 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 crap. They, they canceled it. They canceled. I thought they finished it. Oh, I wait, thought they wrapped she, it up. Hold on. Um, our Trekkie asked me who was her husband. Uh, his name was something Ryan. It wasn't Brandon Braga. I thought it was. Uh, uh, thought, it was. What? Her, her name came. Her last name was actually. Her okay, married. Google. Here comes Google. It sucked that the show was awesome. Caprica was great. No, Caprica got canceled in the middle of the night. Literally. <laughs> Seriously, it got canceled. They didn't really make a big announcement. They held the last five shows and then showed them all in one night months later. Oh. And yes, it's. I don't know if they knew it was coming and they they wrapped it up. Or to me, I felt like I was getting the preview for next season of showing what's upcoming, and you know they almost took the trailers for the next season and wrapped it all in. I don't know. Uh, let's see. I thought she did marry him. If I'm wrong, oh well. Uh, I'll make your spine glow, honey. Jack I, Ryan was Jack. Jack there, Ryan. There you yes. go. I thought that was always funny because that reminds me of the other character. Uh, and now she's Christoph Emme. And she did. She did remarry. Yes. Okay. Uh, she's she's still hot. So Jack, she's married to Jack Ryan for for uh, eight years. Okay. Representative and, from where? And then he was in the House of Reps. <laughs> and then divorced. Well, that's right, because there was some like scandal about huge uh, scandal che- with che- him. cheating on her or something like that, yeah. right? And then divorced for eight years, then remarried in two thousand seven. She has a kid from each. Yeah, now the now remember the guy from uh that created ba- the new restart of uh Battlestar and uh Caprica was a Star Trek guy. <laughs> Say that again? One of the two guys, main the main guy really from uh uh Battlestar, the new Battlestar and Caprica was a Star Trek guy. Didn't watch. You you watched Battlestar? Galactica? Yeah, uh, first two seasons. Oh, you should have finished it. It got no, it got, no, it got stupid. No, no, it yeah. Got Ronald D. Moore, he rocks. Yeah, I agree. You know what I like about Ronald Moore? Not that I'm a smoker, but listening <sighs> to some of his podcasts and stuff, he's like, "F all you people who don't like smoking." He just loads his shows up with as many smokers as he can, and he loves being Canada as far away from the uh, 
prying eyes of the studio as possible. Wait a second. Uh, Ronald Moore just did something else, too. That, oh, he does leverage. That's right. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Did, sure is he, he on leverage? He, uh, he's a producer on leverage, I think. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I, I didn't, haven't watched the credits real close on that one. But I think Ronald D. Moore is brilliant. Uh, I th- I think Battlestar got better and better and better every year. It sucked me in. I like you. I watched the miniseries, and I'm like, I had a hard time with, you know, uh, no, a the, Colonel, the, a the, girl Starbuck. You know, I, I had a hard I got over it. I didn't have problems with that. I actually thought it was an interesting take. I, I, it sucked me in to watch when the, when the series came out. I watched it, but when it started getting a sense. They didn't know where they were taking it. And they were just kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll try this. And if it gets a good response from fans, then we'll keep running down that rabbit hole. That's, that's kind of the feeling I got was because, I saw the, because, the miniseries. And when I went to look at the show, it's like, uh, we don't want to be a copycat of the TV show, but we don't know what we want to do yet. And this uh, is how they I, lost because they, they, they landed on the new Caprica, right? And they were they submitted to their Cylon overlords. And then apparently three, four episodes into it, no, no, we don't like that. We're going to have them break free. Well, really? Oh, no, no, no. And then, no. And then well, part, the, you remember only part, part of them did. The other half left. It was stayed on, in the, on, on the ship's. Because they're still because they're still part of the colonial armed forces. Yes, I know they couldn't quit. And then um, the uh, the whole okay, you know they they planted that seed that there's only twelve models, right? And they kept showing one. They kept right, right. Feed- the, 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 was it the final five? We didn't they, know who the final yeah. Well, five. they kept feeding one here, one there, one here, and all of a sudden the final one, boom, and you know they're all people we know. Now you could see that coming, right? But really, did all five of them have to be people we know? Uh, if you would if you would have let it played out to the very end, and I got to tell you, some of the most moving music I've ever heard. This guy Bear McCreary, I never heard him before until this uh, this uh, Battlestar. He took over season one. He didn't do the the, the miniseries. Um, it, it had some reoccurring themes. I mean, it just it was awesome. I think you needed to follow it all the way through. Uh, you can watch. I think you can now get them on I can uh, stream Netflix. It. Yeah, yeah. But. I, I kind of felt like you, and you know, I got into it, and I'm like, wow. And I even got Karen to go back, and we watched the whole thing from. Uh, so I've watched the, the complete series twice, and I'm getting ready to maybe start it again. I just completed all seven seasons of Star Trek: The Next Generation uh, recently. Uh, on what? On disc? You have it on disc? DVD. Karen bought me one of those Chinese uh, knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Which this years ago, work? you know, for like a hundred bucks, you got the whole set. Yeah, yeah. There's one of those for all the Disney movies that surfaced not too oh, really? long ago. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is, there's a couple really good ones that they cut off like three minutes before the show's over. If they cut off in the credits, I don't give a crap. But there's a couple that have cut off before the show actually ended. One of them had two of the same episodes on the same disc, so I didn't get the second half of. Uh, one where uh, Worf goes off to find his dad at this uh, Romulan prison camp where they're all living like happy-go-lucky Klingons and Romulans all together and they're interbreeding. Well, I didn't get the second half of it. Now, I probably should rip that CD because it could simply be a problem with the menu and it might be on there. True. You know? So... Have you been, uh, have you been catching the original series on uh, KDOC? Are they showing it with the new effects? Yes. Yes. Are they? Because Richard I was told me about. I've seen yes. a few of them, like, and it looks good. But it's almost come on. This is almost like what everybody bitches about Lucas for. 
I don't want to watch the original Star Wars with all this new, you know, CGI and computer animated stuff. That it just. But I knew I do know what you're saying. The ship looks good. The planet it's, looks good. It's all it's all kind of understated. It's uh, if you hadn't watched, you know, if you didn't know the original series well, you wouldn't. It's very unobtrusive. Like when they're like, for example, when they're leaving orbit. You know, the view on the view screen will be out the back, but the planet sure. shrinking between the engine nacelles, right? Um, the ship is a little brighter. Uh, phaser fire is a little brighter. It's all it's all very, I, I think, low-key. You know what I think is the best film that went back and fixed itself was a bad movie, mediocre movie. I'll give it mediocre. Um, Star Trek, the motion picture. What the director did for that film, unlike Lucas... He went back and finished it with the technology that would have been available in the At day. The time, okay. So, uh, like when when Spock is on Vulcan doing the colonar or whatever, they were able to complete some of the mats. Now, maybe the mats were done digitally, but they were made in the style to look like what it would have looked like back then. So they completed it. Um, now, I do have I, before I finish that, I do have one movie in the queue, which is Richard Donner's cut of. Uh, Superman 2, which has been described as almost a totally different movie because you know what we saw was the studio release and not what he wanted. So that's in my my uh, queue, but that's more of a re-edit than you know fixing some effects and and things like that. Um, uh, bankers corrected me that the mo- it was done digitally, but in the style of the 70s. So it, it still looked like that, unlike Lucas's, which looked like standout digital effects in an old uh, 70s movie. Uh. So I, you know, but. Anyways, back to the Star Trek universe. I don't agree that it was all happy-go-lucky in the first one. Everything, all good stories depend on a little conflict. No, no, no. He, okay, I, I'm not telling you all. That's why That's why I round, wrapped it up by saying you need to see it because the way he explains it is it's their use of technology is showing a brighter future. A brighter future. Yes. So, but anyway, the thrust of this... Maybe because we've gotten close to the future or our technology has surpassed what was in Star Trek, maybe other than warp well, drive or something, here, and we haven't seen any great let, shiny future. Let me yet. give you a great example, well, right? Here, here's where I think what uh, Shatner was getting towards is up to that point in the mid-60s when Star Trek came out, we were all looking at technology was going to be the end of it. We had the A-bomb, we're going to destroy ourselves, we're going to blow things up. Technology was the end of the world. You you had that looming over your head, so in a a sense they were trying to say, we got past World War III, which everybody thought was on the horizon, and we moved on. And and World War III has been woven into the, the, the canon of Star Trek. I was yes. joking today. I was uh, watching Demolition Man. <laughs> no hoverboards mean no future yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was watching Demolition Man today, and of course, Demolition Man was made in the early to mid '90s, and they're talking about the riots of '97, and then the Great Quake of 2010, and Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming president of the United States. I'm going. Man, oh my when you gosh. Take a look at these movies. <laughs> I mean, how many things can you work wrong? And I was going, even in Star Trek, Star Trek, when they were doing the 60s, uh, there was reference to the eugenics wars in the late 90s and everything. And, you know, the last world war that uh, took place in the end of the 20th century. I'm going, you know, just. And well, like, yeah, even in Star Trek uh, 4, they talk about. Uh, uh, what the by the end of was it the end of the twentieth or into the twenty first century when the whales and the ozone layers were all fucked up? You know, I think they were talking about the end of the twenty first century at that. Oh, okay, uh, but still, you know, we're getting close. Well, maybe not so close to that one, but um, 
anybody in would you say demolition man should know that unless we changed our constitution, Schwarzenegger or Nigger should never um, be president. Well, they, should never they, be president but. they make reference to that the 65th amendment that allows Schwarzenegger to become president <laughs> because he was so popular. Uh, oh, that's not yeah. true yeah. now. The, <laughs> that's funny. The, the sequence of the thrust of the show was that people who are now are scientists watching the show as a kid were influenced by it, right? For example, MP3. To play an MP3, there was a scene where in Next Generation, Data is sitting in his quarters listening to four or five different symphonies all at the same time, right? As only he could do. And that struck some dude, some computer scientist going, now, I think that's interesting that I can call up whatever music I want on my computer and play it. Which prompted him to go write the algorithm or software for recording sound into a computer. This is 1989, right? 19, when did, when did, uh, 87, 87, 88, that time frame he's seeing this. So he's influenced by that sequence of television to go create something that could store music on a computer and recall it whenever you want. Well, I'm sure the original series inspired the automatic door at the grocery store and the <laughs> little cassette tapes. Well, and, you know, he, you know there's, another, there's another sequence in, that, in this TV show where a doctor, as a kid, was influenced by the sick bay that you could get all these vitals without cutting somebody open. And he's working on a robot that'll shoot lasers at tumors okay, inside so, people so, without are, cutting them open. So you're trying to say that the next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, none of those have inspired you to any of that? Because Yes, because the technology was at that point taken for granted by the audience, and the writers moved away from technology being... Expanded, so no, you know what I'm no saying? One, no one's inspired by maybe a holodeck or even no space next generation. Oh no, yeah, they're general. inspired by the holodeck. There's a guy, that same dude, that same dude that, that wrote the uh, you know software to make music on a computer is now trying to create a holodeck. Speaking of which, I saw that at CES. <laughs> that figures, Brian. <laughs> oh, I didn't read that. Is he still married? <laughs> yes, he's still married. Oh, that, that really explains that. Only married people would, you know, get those things. And I did see the Expendables. Did you? Was it Expendable? Eh, it was an okay show. I had fun with it. Then tell Steve <laughs> hi. <laughs> Sitting here. Nice. I, is she I, listening? I, Brian, is Maria listening? Everybody yeah. wants to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. He's um, at, at CES, they actually had uh, new uh, laser projection technology that uh, create holograms in the air. Kind of like uh, when you saw R2-D2 in the first Star Wars movie where he creates that hologram of Princess Leia. Uh, they're starting to create that type of technology out there. You know, you know what's scary, though, Richard? There are many, many people, and I've seen a lot of their posts on YouTube and other sites when uh, – They've had the, we we talked about it that I don't think Mike was on it but the ghosts at Disneyland and people are like oh no those those are holograms uh, there ain't no. no such thing as those kind of hol- and and they were referencing you know like you saw in Star Wars and like it doesn't exist I'm sorry we it's nothing in in motion in play let's put it that although way. IBM just had a news article a couple weeks ago saying that they think that in five years phones will be projecting holograms right. Well, no, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you, at CES, I actually saw 
uh, a device that was projecting a holographic image in quote unquote space. It was actually in, in it was in a liquid medium that it was projecting a hologram. It didn't. Okay, so it, it, it still it had went, to hit something to well, to it it, shape. it went. It only went so far, and I was asking the guys that this was a Chinese company that was doing this. I was asking the guys, can you do that in air? Because they were showing pictures, slides of like slideshows of this being projected in air where it only went a certain distance and then ended. And it was using a laser and plasma technology. And then when I was talking to one of our fans that I met there, he works for a projection company and they are working in a, if I understood him correctly, they are working on a similar technology to where they can actually create a holographic not they're working with 3d imagery but they're actually talking about true holographic imagery where it would be just floating right there in the air yeah because when you first said that you didn't mention the liquid uh thing you just said they had one projecting in the air and i'm thinking really well that's uh, what they showed these slides of holographic images being projected in the air and i asked him if that was truly in the air or was it reflecting on something and they're telling me and this is what the guys are telling me is that this is just in the air because in the display that they showed it was a box that was in a liquid medium i i, I don't know if it's actually it looked like water but I don't know if it was water or some other liquid. Yeah, what's that, that, that other stuff they put like in snow globes? It's not water. Glycerin. Glycerin. Yeah, maybe it was something like that. But it, like, it, was, it was really neat stuff because you can see every now and then something would catch a reflection as it was going through the beam. <laughs> next, thing you you know, next thing you know, there'll be rides where they project cartoons in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Baker keeps saying everything's five years out. Yeah, even the next time machine well, is five okay, years out. Okay, you know, <laughs> everybody seems to, uh, everybody overestimates what can be completed in 10 years, technology-wise, and underestimate what can be completed in five years, technology-wise. If that's true, why are we still orbiting our same rock? I'm you know, this is what I'm getting back to, get back to Star Trek. Um and, you're, and I understand some of what you're saying, but and you're saying that the next generation did inspire some. Yes, maybe some of the spinoffs was more about keeping uh, Star Trek on the air and some other, uh, you know, knowing that the Star Trek universe is bigger than the one particular series. Sucking there are all the money and lifeblood out of well, it. That too, which I think might have partly been why you know films and everything slowed down a little bit it was just they were saturated the market as much as every every fan probably say they want that uh, eventually you do kind of oversaturate your market um but you still got to look at if you're not it's like people take for granted all these space series or space movies and this one thing i really liked about battlestar was that it approached spaceflight somewhat realistically. Yes. And what, what I was, when you were complaining about that one particular uh, <laughs> se- uh, point in... Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay, when you were complaining about n- New Caprica. Well, five years had- ago we started this. Yeah. I'll tell you that. There, there you go. <laughs> you, know that, that you were complaining about that one thing on New Caprica. You've you got to admit, though, when they brought the uh, Cap or Battlestar Galactica into the atmosphere, 
Did you did you get that far? Or did you already no. turn it off? I turned it off. I didn't see that. Oh God! It was such a cool, uh, you know, because uh, you know at this point they end up they didn't it's, eh, exactly say come Cylons take me over. It was you know they didn't have much of a choice, but there's a point when they decide you know we're going back and getting these people out. We're you know going to go kick some ass. Galactica comes into the atmosphere. It's not an atmospheric, you know, uh, uh, ship of any means. It, you know, it. I mean, it's it's just. I don't know. It'd be like seeing a V come in, right? Or in Fourth uh, of July, right? When it's coming in, you see all those clouds around these big, freaking huge uh, spacecraft. I don't know. It was dramatic, but Capra. I mean, Battlestar flew pretty darn close to what it'd be like flying in space. You have to maneuver with thrusters. You can almost turn on a dime. Um, yeah, so where- then, and they and they employed the camera trick of you know trying to find the ship, right? It would like the the camera right. angle move around, then find it and zoom in on it, yeah. And you could, right? And you would see and, the little thrusters, and yeah. And most of the ones we watch, everything's just big. It's basically air flight out in space. Right. I remember that was one thing that we talked about way back when, when the miniseries came out that I thought, thought was impressive, was when they flew a Viper, they didn't fly it like an airplane did, like the original series did. They flew it to where, yeah, they had a thruster that turned it to make it go into the new angle, and then the main engine started moving it, but it would still have a slide because it still has the momentum going in the direction it was going until it can make a full correction to it. Yeah, other than maybe Star Star Wars, because or maybe Star Trek, because Star Trek... Um, oh, yeah, don't watch the... Okay, when I'm saying Battlestar, only the new Battlestar, not 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 Battlestar the original, not Battlestar 1980 and whatever, 1990, whatever the stupid... Uh, <laughs> Things were watch the new reboot with uh, Battle Galactica nineteen. I think he's asking if you should watch Caprica first or not. No, no, no! Don't don't watch Caprica. Don't Caprica's good, but it might just confuse you. Just go go watch the yeah. The miniseries helps kind of set the tone to understand yeah. why what what they're doing. And, and at the very end, there, there's one called I think the Blade. You're not going to want to don't. Don't try to watch one called The Plan or The Blade. I think it's The Blade anywhere in the middle. You got to kind of wait for a while. These were like little mini movies they did. Uh, the Plan is from the um, um, side of the, the Cylons. It was what the plan was for them. Yeah, Razor. Razor. Razor is the Thanks, one. You Jen. have to wait to a certain point in the, the series. I don't remember which one before you watch okay, Razor. Brian. The miniseries, Battlestar Galactica, the series that was reimagined, started with a. Four hour, six hour miniseries. Six hours. I think it was three. Three, two three, two hour episodes. Yeah. Um, miniseries that kind of set the tone as to what, how this Battlestar was different than the one we knew before, because there was references to their earlier one. Right? They saw. They showed. <laughs> they showed the old Cylon standing there in their little museum. <laughs> right. Well, and you they had, have the they had the old. They had the old. Huh. You couldn't have the new with without the old. It was still the basic universe, but just retold, you know, reimagined, if you will. But they, they and, still and reference. They, they still reference the the nineteen seventy eight version had, of the TV they show. The, they had the older version they of the, the Centurion. Yeah, they had the older no, Centurion the there. They had the older Vipers there. No, no, no. I, I you're right, but it's <laughs> it's not like they totally changed uh, changed it. Though the only thing I still have never gotten why is a colonel. A number two in charge on a naval hierarchy. 
the only well, I, asked way, that, okay. I asked that same question okay. in Star Trek Five. In 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 well, Star Trek. Yeah, oh yeah, set, yeah. I remember what you're talking about. In the naval yeah, yeah. service, right? Yeah. Marines are that part of the naval service, right? So a colonel would be typically in today's navy. A colonel would be the strike force commander, the marine, the commander of the ground piece oh, of a okay, of a naval. But would the number two on a fleet ship be a marine? No. Okay, and in a sense, a battle star, he is he is uh, number one. He is the first officer. He's he's the XO. Yeah. Yes, and and so that's just their way of. That's just Ronald Moore and David Icke's way of. Well, even in the original, they were, so yeah, oh, they're trying. Yeah. They're think of, it was okay. You just yeah. took that for granted, and you know the one thing I, I always that, argue that in space it should all be based on the the air force of flights and and all that. But I get the whole naval thing. You're carrying because it's of, ships. I, I agree with the naval thing. <laughs> but um, jeez, the the one the one answer I think that would. It suffices in my mind, at least, on the question that was brought up that that Mike's been asking about the technology. It comes from the set designer, uh, and I, can't, I wish I could remember her name, that uh, was working on Star Trek The Motion Picture. The, she said the hardest thing to do when they were working on that movie was to create a future technology. Because literally, with the exception of the transporter and the warp drive engines... In Star Trek The Motion Picture, everything you saw in that movie already, for the most part, existed. Uh, Dr. McCoy's uh, fancy bed, that was an MRI. It was just streamlined into some futuristic view, but we already had the technology. And later on, when they were talking about even working with the uh, television series Enterprise, how do you create future technology when you're actually... You're supposed to be prior to the original series, and current technology has already surpassed that. It it kind of gets into a thing of the technology is moving faster than what you can dream up with at certain times. Her- Harold Michelson was a production designer for the next gen- <laughs> uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Did you see that picture that Hasi John linked? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> So it wasn't a woman; it was a man, Harold Michelson. Uh, I just I saw an interview with the woman that was doing that was one of the set designers. So, oh well, yeah, maybe she wasn't the lead production designer, but she. Hey, I um, can think of a technology they had in uh, the motion picture that they hadn't caught up with. Ah, that's great! That is it's awesome. the sonic shower. The sonic. Uh, shower. Remember what's sonic her face? Was, remember what's yeah. her face in the sonic shower when she got uh, taken yeah. over by a? Well, first she died, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. Well, okay, we don't have impulse drive. We don't have warp drive. We don't have transporters. Uh, uh, well, you know, well what, is, what, is, what is impulse drive? It's not thrusters. No, I've, I've read articles that surmise impulse drive would be atomic drive, and we do have that. Okay, it has, it's surmising. They've never really said what they've it They've never was. explained uh, and, it, no. And remember, atomic was not even considered. That's old technology. That would have been what uh, soon uh, uh, Khan, uh, Genghis Sunian, whatever his freaking name was, um, <laughs> banker transporters are 10 years out. Yeah. Thank you, Josh, for the technology updates every five to 10 years for him. But, uh, I mean, I think it's a, it's a far cry to say his bed was the same thing as an MRI. Maybe the full body scans that we now have had for the last five to ten years 
Uh, but I'm not sure about uh, the MRI. Okay, MRI. What isn't a, that isn't that your full body scan, MRI? I'm not yeah. sure what they're using for the full body, but an, yeah. uh, an MRI, they yeah. usually only went in and did like uh, small portions. Now they just you no, know, rip they, the whole you, body. You do the whole body. Okay, so the, the body. first MRI occurred in 1973. Did it really? Wow. And then full body I, I MRIs are... Because when I did an MRI, you had to lay in a tube and it was only for certain sections. Then they, you know, now they're doing these, the tube that just kind of scrolls over the whole body. I'm looking for when the full body one started. Some of those claustrophobic types, you know, they had issues in the old MRI machines. That was me. They put me in in an MRI that was it was like two drums that you sat between. You didn't have, you didn't go into a ring. You uh, actually just sat there, and they brought the other drum on top of you, and just had you sit there and. Yeah, they don't exactly. They don't exactly have one of those little salt and pepper shakers to run all over your body to find out what's the wrong. Salt and pepper shakers, yeah. This uh, is a salt and pepper. See, in the book, we don't. We don't have a phaser. Um, oh, I take that. I take that back. Uh oh, what did I miss? <laughs> they could put electrodes on chaps and nipples. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The first MRI for medical for humans was 1977. The first MRI for was a mouse was well, that's, that's yeah. still that is that is still fairly old um uh but you know in the way it's shown in the series you know even you could might say the pad that they've been using uh, since the original though it was probably more realized the next generation uh where you actually got to see it is probably you could say only been realized in the last Five years, you might see some the, of the, the small the pads, the thing they called the pad. The one. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, I was joking about that at CES. I felt like I was. It was Star Trek all there because everybody had their uh, pads out there, and you're signing this. And yeah, but you know, an iTouch or an iPhone, you might call an early pad. Maybe even a uh, what was the the old ones we used to have, um, Mike? The uh, uh, trios. Trios. You could, but. Now, well, when you have like, that, what, like an uh, iPad, that's more really like a the pads they used in the series. What UPS has been using on uh, what you sign on on the UPS for years. Yeah, but that's yeah. just a single little yeah, that's six a, by yeah. one. <clears throat> yeah, still electronic signature thing. Yeah. Oh goodness! Uh, anyway, I, I can kind of see where you. I, I don't just agree when people just generalize and say it was the newer ones were dark. There was too I'm much. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you again. Watch the friggin' watch show, this. and Shatner will take you through it much more clearly than I could, and you'll understand what he was trying to get at. Yeah, I understand the shit the father says. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, so uh, don't so don't go by what I'm saying and try no, to no, no, you no, know, because I'm not presenting it clearly. I'm not I've presenting actually, it well. I've actually read these kind of reviews before, where you know the new ones got too dark. But and this blah, is Shatner blah, blah, blah. talking. Oh, so what? So well, Shatner's what? not God. No, but he ha- but he has you know, I think he has some mm, he has a perspective or an angle that a lot of other book writers might not. You know, having experienced it. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe. Okay, maybe. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's you know, sometimes I think we give too much credit for people because they acted <laughs> that they've got a real insight to the psyche. We're also talking about okay, the guy Greg. who wanted to have nothing to do with Star Trek for how many years until the Ching started to show itself, and now he's got a you know he's kind of embraced it ever since Ching Ching Ching. Hey, where did I? Somebody just wrote the Linda office. Linda Skinner. 
Linda DeSkinner? Is the set decorator. She was oh, the set, set decorator. Well, I said I said set design, set decorator, not production. Uh, it's not the design. same. It's not the same thing. Production designer has is has the task of the overall look of all sets and anything physical. The set dresser is just dressing up the sets with the little pieces to make a not look. Not dresser, decoration, and yes, you, that's a nice textbook, but textbook uh, explanation. But I'm saying, you know. The Hoff is God. What is the Hoff is God? Uh, you know, uh, I saw Susanna, you know, uh, the one from um, Bengals. I saw her name must... on something the other day as a credits, and I knew her mother was a director. I don't know if she started. She's got into some producing now, but I saw her name he's, in the credits and into something the other day. And I can't remember what it was. He's obviously making a reference to David Hasselhoff. Yes, but where did no. that come from? In the <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Okay, guys. Now we're running up against two hours here. Really? Wow. Yes, believe it or not. <laughs> Such scintillating time, discussion. Time flies when you well, we're actually on a subject. Thirty minutes sub- thirty minutes of Disney and two an hour and a half of everything else. See, there you go, guys. Another example how there is a lot to do outside Disney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, tell you, did you've seen the movies The Replacements? Yeah, the the football one with Keanu Reeves, yeah. Did, yeah. Does, is Flacco now starting to look like Falco? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that? Oh, after after the after Pittsburgh took him apart on uh, Saturday, uh, Falco just wasn't looking like the quarterback everybody seems to think he is. He can't finish a postseason game. He can't take him home. You know. Uh, so, and here, look at Garcia. Second year, he might be going all the way. There's good chance that Garcia, who, who? Jets, is Sanchez, it? Sanchez. I'm sorry, Garcia. Garcia's- San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm just, yes. <laughs> Taco, burrito, what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the show, yes, we all remember when the show was about Canada Disney discussion. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it started out that way, but that's, uh, I'm not going there. Well, quite, you know, quite frankly, right now there's, there's not a whole lot going on in Disney news. I have to say I'm a little, I'm, I'm, probably going to go a little bit with what Banker says sometimes. You know, it's easy to get a little burned out and, you know, you can't do everything Disney. You got to you got to have a little more well... Um, I mean, the only park news um, there is is that Electronica is lasting until April. Yeah, who it gives was, up? It was supposed to stop this month and now it's got extended till April, which means the cash registers are still ching-ching-ing, right? And, they're, they're still drawing people in there, yeah. And, you know, in a way, that you know, that's good. Why not? Who cares? Um, um, I, I know, but it, it is kind of boring right now. I say the park, DCA looks odd with the way the entrance is kind of jacked up right now. Um, there's construction walls everywhere. And... Yeah, it's, it's now a Disney Construction Adventure, also known as yeah. Disney's Construction Alley. Nice. Disney's Construction Adventure. Nice. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other names that have been going around with it. I like that one. Construction Alley. And now that John seems to actually be answering things, have you guys put out the fires and drained the floodwaters yet? What's going on? We, oh, I don't think we got any good answer from you the last time. And are the flowers in Olivia Newton-John's hometown again? Or I should say her adopted hometown since she's actually born, not born in Australia. Um, she's not? No, she moved to Australia, if I remember reading right, because I, I was a total John fanboy when I was a kid. Are you, are you not she, confusing that with uh, 
Mel Gibson, Gibson. who no, was born in the United no, States she, and moved to Australia. Now, I'm she, pretty sure she's, she's from the United Kingdom. Well, uh, she's from GB, Great Britain. We have, all, we have been abused all over the place, so it doesn't sound like things are back to normal down there. Yeah. Because he's angry. Started she's English. Yeah, she's Started to e- believe in global warming. <laughs> yeah. She's English born. I just went to to the website. She's born in 1948. She's English born, Australian raised. Uh. Still looks hot as a gilf. Really? I think she still looks good. That's one gilf I wouldn't mind hey. gilfing. Got uh, got to put down, there is always such thing as climate change. It's just whether you believe we're involved in it. Yeah, now, were the fires near Melbourne where they were last time, uh, John? That's what I'm waiting to, to find out. <laughs> F-O-M-I-L. Okay. Gilf I get. Milf I get. See, I'm not. It's all farting cows farting. Fires in Western Australia. All right, so they're not out then. Uh, no, that's the other way oh, from that's, Melbourne. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, Brisbane, isn't it? Towards the Western Australia will be, uh, well, uh, Perth. Old Perth. Oh, 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 oh. Perth. John. Uh, Perth is in Western Australia. That's the big city. Because Western Australia is a state, right? Perth. Yeah, yes. Uh, is that also where the Great Barrier Reef No, Great Barrier thing? Reef no, that's, isn't that's in the, the north. northeast. I was trying to remember, they had that world's greatest job where somebody got to take care of their little island. Actually, John, I've not been to Perth. I've been to Bunbury. I was going to say, you, Bunbury. you You did go there. On I did go the to big, Western uh, Australia, yes. The big military cruise, right? But, yes, but while everyone else went to Perth, we went to Bunbury. And why did you do that? Because, I don't know, we were lucky. I so, remember you were So we went into a small town. Is that it was, a lucky thing, really? Or are you being facetious? I, you know... When you're looking forward to going to Australia and they're in their well known <laughs> yeah, we were punished. You were punished. Their well known hospitality to, you know, Yanks and, and uh big city cosmopolitan, no. We went to a small podunk town. <laughs> no, they uh, they rolled out the red carpet for us. They closed the one nightclub they had and had a party for us there. And they're lining up to see the you know, the ship and everything, but it was it was small. You know, this almost reminds me of the town that was in that movie about the uh, big satellite dish they built down there. The guy, uh, the guy from Jurassic Park, was in it. He was the main star. Uh, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Yeah. yeah, and it's all about this this big satellite dish, and it's. I think it's could be for the broadcast of the Apollo. I think is what it was for. It's like out in the middle of BFD. They're showing like these uh, these guys driving their trucks, trying to like. Was it run over the kangaroo or kill the kangaroo from the truck? I mean, it just, you know, I, was, I, I thought next they'd show them grabbing the sheep and, you know, doing their thing, but. Uh. Grabbing sheep. All right. So, Queensland is where the floods are. Uh, is this the name of the town, John? Kuna, Kuna Barbrand? Goodness gracious. Kuna Barbrand. Three hours west. Fires in Western Australia, floods in Queensland. Okay, so Kuna Barbara, nice. Well, Queen, Queensland's the uh, state or province that John lives in, isn't it? Uh, is Queensland where New or oh, New? I thought it was New, New South Wales. Is is New, it New South, South Wales? Wales. That, that, that's it. Or the movie was oh, that's it. Yeah. So he's talking about your 
Yeah, that movie. Yeah, see? Yeah. NSW. New, yeah. New, South, New South Wales. Okay. Yes. Thanks for our you know, geographical lesson of the island of Australia. Continent. No. Continent sorry. It's, okay. Well, okay. Give me, give me the difference between uh, – t- give me the textbook difference between an island and that continent. I'm sure there's a size. I'm sure they're probably the size does matter, right? That's right. The one I can never figure out is how the continent of Asia and the continent of Europe. You know, is there something there we don't know? <laughs> is there something split in the earth? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've never figured that one. Well, out. you know, okay, they talk about the country of Turkey, right? Yeah, Turkey is the only is a country that sits on both continents. That's right. Hmm. Sits both uh, on Asia and. Istanbul so it, is a it, city that sits on both yes, continents. Yes, So it's, it swings both ways. I guess so. That's He's what great. they say. Nice. All right. I, can, we, can we try to wrap this up then? Because, you know. I, some freaking... people think we were wrapped up about an hour and 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? that's where the Disney discussion stopped. So. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're seriously, we're at two hours. 11, oh, 11.30. Okay. Well, well, I'll say this and then we can wrap it up. I was on. On Channel Seven, this is so. This is Disney related. It was ABC. Some not too bad looking young lady, and I don't know what the the whole session was because I came in the last couple minutes, and she said something about Vegemite. She had this little jar, and the brand name was Kraft. Okay, like like Kraft macaroni and cheese, but it said Vegemite, and and she said that. Um, I don't know if it was an Australian visiting or maybe she was in Australia and doing a report. Didn't really say. Said, you know, this is a staple of Australia. You've got to try this. So she had this little jar of Vegemite. And she's she's scooping it out to put it on some bread. She goes, well, they say it's kind of like the peanut butter of Australia. She goes, kind of looks like chocolate. So she spreads it on the corner of the bread. That stuff is so nasty. She bites into it. And she, first, and she also says, they say it's an acquired taste. Yes. <laughs> she bites into it. She is literally gagging on air. <laughs> that stuff and, is so uh, nasty. I mean, when you crack the jar open yeah. and the smell comes whifting out of it, like how just like Scottish food, it's dare. It was it was it was based on a dare. All Scottish food is based on a dare. Uh and uh <laughs> so she, 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 she's <laughs> okay what about haggis there you go Greg. That, that wait, right wait, did anyone with read <laughs> yes I did okay. wallow quick and, and enjoy, enjoy the saltiness <laughs> No, so not, she, as she's gagging and the show's wrapping up, you can hear her go, can somebody get me a glass of water? <laughs> <laughs> and all I could think of was John. You know, it's... Um, it was oh, funny. that stuff is nasty. Uh, you know, ugh. no, not just haggis. Did, did you try it when you were down there? Oh, I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, couldn't. so you don't really know that it's nasty. It just smelled bad. Dude, crack open the jar... And as the him? knife dips into it, this minute, like I'm backing away. Okay, I'm backing away. There's no way I'm touching. It. There's okay. no way. Oh, excuse me. I don't know Get, who Killer Cam 14 is. That's that's uh that's Push. Who? Push. Put. Oh, that's Push. Yes. 
Okay. When he says haggis is awesome, I have to ask him if he's had American haggis or authentic haggis. Well, I, I think he's trying to haggis at the Scottish Festival. Okay, because that's American haggis. It's it's the wrapping, I believe, is a little different than the uh, <laughs> the Scottish haggis. <laughs> that stuff is just disgusting. Not a say. I, re- I remember those OJN stores. Wasn't it really a bunch of candles and shit like that? I remember uh, those maggots or maggots. <laughs> it's just disgusting. Uh, well, you know, hey, we eat something today that at the time it was created, it was to cover rancid meat. And I don't know how many people today can't live without it. So, What's that, salt? You know, no. Gravy. <laughs> okay, gravy now doesn't cover rancid meat. It covers dry meat. Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, to me, it rather goes on meat. Well, it goes on, it goes on turkey, of course. But for me, I love it on uh, potatoes, you know. Yeah, it takes dry food and makes it moist. <laughs> I wouldn't consider potatoes dry. It's not always dry, depending on how you make it. But uh, spam, no spam. Yuck. Yeah, uh, spam. Oh, there's another. Yeah, go go to Hawaii. Everybody there loves spam. Uh, uh, like like spam. That's like a staple. That doesn't surprise me, Richard. So spam pussy is meat. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, spam in a can. That's, you know, never forget that line. You'll be spam. Yeah. <laughs> With a wire shoved up the kazoo, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but do you think he knew he was sitting on... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and he's doing this on live TV. Live TV? <laughs> All right, boys. Let's... Uh, let's uh, let's wrap and this on up. That high note? Yeah, on that high note. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. And... You don't have tomorrow off, Mike? Huh? Do you have tomorrow off? It's a holiday. I do have tomorrow off. Okay. And what, what's your rush? This could be a long show. Oh, no, I'm I'm tired. And, and Greg, Greg doesn't have to go. Did you have school tomorrow night, Greg? Actually, we do. We don't. We don't okay, believe. But that's not until afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still have to go to work tomorrow morning, no matter what. So. Now ours is all about hours. Um, oh, this is great. Did you did you click on John's Vegemite? I'm ad? about to. Oh. Yeah, that's nasty. Because <laughs> that looks like hair. <laughs> that looks like hair. Now, did you ever look up, you know, uh, John sent, I think, no, no, and I'm glad John's on. Let's, let's just go a couple more minutes. All right. A guy at school found this this uh, Australian ad for some kind of meat pie or something. It's like, uh, it's like tender on the bottom and crusty on top. It's a great ad that starts with this. All you see is this, this girl's ass, like she's washing her car. And she's got legs, and it, you know, and then you see the guy pushing his lawnmower, almost running over something. And they got all these little, like you know, uh, little things, and it. it looks like nuts and balls. Would they'd be like, uh, you know, some uh, cactus or something sitting there. And as they pan around, it's this old lady with huge jugs washing her car. And then a tagline for like the the meat pie or something is like crusty in the bottom. Or uh, um, tender in the bottom, crusty on the top, something like that. So Are they I, wrestling uh, in Vegemite? That's was that? He sent another picture of two girls wrestling oh, in Vegemite. Right. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> The one's looking kind of old and haggard there, John. The, the one on the left is looking... Yeah, the one on the left is nice. The other one, she needs, she needs more smeared on her face or something. Uh, uh, geez, but what was even funnier, there's there's some ads for, I think it's for Air New Zealand. Now, 
part of what drove me crazy about the ads is I was looking at the interior interior of these new 777s. <laughs> and they were, oh, ouch, ouch. But these ads had this little um, character. I think his name was Ricky. He's like this little animal of some type. And his accent was so thick. Like the guy sat next to him. So what are you... What, what were you doing in, in New Zealand? I was beating the bush. <laughs> but he's saying he was he was like uh, beating, you know, go, doing the bush, going in the bush or the outback or something. He's got all these little great uh, double entendres. But I was also looking at the, like the interior of these these airplanes are freaking awesome. Um, was not Ricky, but it could be. Um, you, you got to go look them up. They're Air New Zealand, and I think the the, the character's name might be Ricky or. Yeah, you, I've just, seen these. Did, did I? Did I send yeah. you the? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, these things are funny. And I thought some of the Australian ads were funny. This one uh, was pretty good. But remember, I told you about the, all those gay and lesbian films I saw at the International Film Festival. <laughs> one of the only decent ones came out of Australia, uh, and it was lesbian, so it was of easy course. to take yeah. gay. <laughs> But it was actually filmed well, lit well, sound was done pretty well. Um, uh, some of the ones out of this area were just crap. So, okay, hey, so that's quick. all I want to say was those two commercials I saw. Very okay. We were talking, we were, were making uh, comments on um, Watchma, who's a director that uh, is really high on Mighty on Self, has a new film calling uh, called Sanctum that's coming out. Oh, jeez. James Cameron? James Cameron, yes, thank you. James Cameron. Um, when I was at the show, they had a big, huge truck billboard. I don't know what was inside, and they're saying this is the new generation of 3D um, that you can go see bits and pieces of on whatever they were going to do with it. But um, just one of those things kind of found it funny that they're advertising that film at the CES show and ahead of the uh, NAB show there. But. Uh, oh, excuse me. Air New Zealand also has an ad where all their uh – their employees, all their clothes are painted on. Oh, nice. And like right now, the girl's looking out the window at the guys loading up her bags. And of course, everything they're holding is just in the right spots. Or the waitress, the stewardess, everything she's holding and pouring is just in the right Just spot. like Austin Powers, right? Kind, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Not quite as, um, how would you say, over the top as Austin's were. But same kind of stuff. Yeah. I think what well, the Air, Air Zoo New Zealand has nothing to hide is is uh, one of them. Oh yeah, see, he just dropped the link in here. Oh, which oh yeah, one? That's, the Air New Zealand has nothing to hide. Yeah. The oh, he tra- did he drop the same exact one I did? How funny! Yeah, this is yeah, not all the painted. one uh, I was thinking about because um, it had uh, the little animal dude, but this this one is pretty funny too. Um, yeah, it's painted on. Stop. Air. Try this nice. <laughs> Dude's trying not to look. <laughs> and then the woman's just. <laughs> oh, jeez. Old lady's checking it out. Nice. Thanks, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, the other one's funny too because you know he his accent's so bad, so it sounds like he's. He's doing all these um, nasty things, and then he's trying to get two uh, these two people together that don't even know each other. Um, it's, it's just some really funny stuff. It's just this little animal dude. Yeah, uh, you're right, Brian. The redhead is hot. 
yes, she the one at the very beginning. She's looking out the window. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. John just posted another one. What? This one didn't come up with a link. Something about his uh, post the, is, is get jacked. The, get to cut the end off of it. All right. I think we can do these on our own, though, without the... Oh, without the, doing a play-by-play yeah. and drag the audience along. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, yeah, we, we can... Yeah. All right, then. Say goodnight. Good night. Later. Oh. Well, okay. Yeah. Good night. <laughs>